Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. I'm Mikey, as always, riding shotgun, Bub. Bub, how you doing tonight? Fantastic. Doing great? You know why? You ready for this one? I've got a full stomach of some delicious food that we had <laughs> right before the show, and that's what you gotta do. You gotta get just primed enough, leave a half a Sandy for after the show. We're talking Wario's, baby. Talking and we had a Wario's way. Had my first spicy. Oh my gosh! Unbelievable! Shout out to those guys; they're incredible. Down in the and the cookies too. I don't know what those UFO hockey puck cookies were, but those were amazing. There was incredible. A, there was a cookie inside of a cookie. So Dude hooked us up. One of those Th- too. Threw us some cookies in there on the house. So delicious. Much much love to you guys over at Wario's. You rule, um, guys. As always, you can find us. Oh, actually, you know what? I almost forgot. We got a full house and master control tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have Stoner, Disbro, and our boy TJ helping us out tonight. Triple uh, threat. Doing a little, uh, uh, you know, observation. TJ's behind the scenes uh, helping out Stoner back there. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we've got, a, I don't think we've ever had three solid production dudes in Master Control ever, have we? There's a lot of collective yeah, facial power the back trust. there with the beards <laughs> between <laughs> the wizard and TJ. They yeah. got some serious, serious beard power. <laughs> oh, much, much love to those guys. Much love to all of you out there in the chat, all of you listening. Uh, you guys can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, the Facebook group is rocking. Keep your eyes and ears out for some new stuff coming out. Um, and y- if you guys are listening and Spotify and Apple, please leave that review. If you're here in YouTube, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Yep. Um, share this video, share this audio, uh, wherever podcast platform you're in, send it to your friends, hit them with that link, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you guys know what to do. You guys rule. We appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you. And we have a fantastic episode. I really want to just dive right in. Uh, tonight, guys, our guest is psychedelic philosopher amazing human being and author of Butler's DMT Field Guide. Adam Butler, everybody. Adam, what's happening? Hello, guys. How are you? Doing well. Doing great. Doing great, man. Uh, So happy we could finally line this up. Uh, I think we got in connection after Zeus's episode. Uh, You reached out to us and sent us your book. Yeah. Which is unbelievable, by the way. We'll, we'll get into all that. Um, but Adam's book is Butler's DMT Field Guide. And Adam, just we want to know a little bit about your background and how you got to the point where you wrote this very educational book. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of research going on. There's a lot of scientific hardcore. But as far as from an experiencer's standpoint, this is a very unique book. So the floor is yours, man. Uh, tell us where we can find you. All you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, honored to be here. Uh, it's the book I never thought in a million years that I would write, be, be perfectly honest with you. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm honored to be sitting across from you guys after some of the guests you've had on recently. I feel like I'm sitting here talking to friends because I've had friends on and then, you know, be interviewed for you. So by you, excuse me. Um, the book came because my my life honestly blew up. Uh, I, I never thought, like I said, that would ever happen because I lived such a blessed life. I, I truly had everything that that a man could ask for and then i had the the proverbial midlife crisis i guess uh and it was uh three or four major events that ultimately pushed me to the edge and i i kind of snapped it was a a lengthy process uh kind of through covid and and that was that was kind of one of the blessings that came out of that um it forced me to and i know you mentioned that on a a previous show (laughs) you know talk about forcing you to have some some inner reflections but oh yeah um 
Yeah, I, I I dived really deep into shrooms first, and 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 then I had access to DMT, and and I took the leap, and with a, a lot of therapy work and and kind of spiritual meditation, uh, I'm here, and I'm happy, and I'm the happiest I've ever been, which is why people actually want to talk to me now. Before I was a drunk asshole, asshole that uh, I don't know, you probably wouldn't want to be around. So wow, wow, I'm happy, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Coming well, up on three years sober too, so that that's a huge part of the, the hey, story. Congrats, which, you know, I let man. That's congrats, beautiful, that's awesome, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, you know, I think a lot of us go with. Sometimes it's more extreme. You know, Bub has his own story in that kind of direction. As I do tell I. Tell you multiple yeah. lives that I've lived. <laughs> um, and I'm sometimes you got to just burn it all down and kind of rebuild. And it seems like right now you're in, I guess, a rebuilding stage of your life and, yeah. and just trying to be happy from what our previous conversation before we went live. Right. Yeah. Uh, ultimately I was, I had a, a bunch of internal problems that I was looking for external solutions to. And, and as soon as I realized that all of my power, um, was within, it, it was huge. Um, you know, like we, we were talking about, um, Brandon who was on last time or a couple of times ago about getting that kind of proverbial monster off your back. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have it and, and we all have, have reason to have it just, you know, or living sometimes can throw a lot of bullshit on you. But as soon as you realize that you're in power, uh, you can you can change it. And and you don't have to mask it with alcohol or prescription pills or with whatever most people are masking it. Because when, once you truly confront your, you know, your shadow side or however you want to call it, you can finally enjoy life. And once you can do that, life is beautiful. It's wonderful. Now, did you always have the? Did, were you always doing psychedelics even before your midlife crisis, or is this something recent that you have come across? So I did shrooms probably I don't know, a dozen times in high school, early college. Uh, I did LSD maybe a handful of times as well, in, in you know that same period. But then no, I didn't touch them for for twenty years, and, mm-hmm. and I honestly I had no desire. They were completely off the radar. Uh, like I said, I was using alcohol pretty heavily and, and I've always smoked pot. So really those were kind of my, my two things. And then I, I knew, I knew I needed to quit alcohol. Then it was something that I was battling for a while. And ultimately probably what was at the time, the worst thing that could possibly happen. Now I can look back at, it was the, the best thing that ever happened. Um, and you, you know, you asked how I got here. So it, it really started probably three years ago, three and a half years ago, maybe even a, a bit more where I was in a long-term relationship, uh, seven, eight years. We had bought this beautiful three-story Victorian, you know, we put 120 grand into remodeling. It, it was the dream home, you know, close to the Atlantic ocean. I was making 170, 180 grand a year. Um, no, had had multiple rental properties. I was I was living the life on paper, but I was miserable. I was I was a horrible person. I was a horrible boyfriend. I was a horrible stepdad. Uh, I'd come home and, and I was just belligerent and mean. And um, one day I got a, a knock on the door and it was a constable handing me papers saying that I got a restraining order against me and I needed to leave my house immediately. And wow. I was like, well, "What the fuck? You what the fuck you talking about?" I'm like, "This is my house. This is my office. This is everything I have." And they were like, "Well." you need, you need to leave right now. And, you know, she, she accused me of some, some pretty horrible shit. And I I can say, honestly, I never put my hand on any man or woman, but, but I was verbally abusive and I was mentally abusive and and, and I was just, I was nasty and and I could use my, my presence in in a negative way. And that's what I did. So I was forced to leave. 
And it was, you know, well, leave for 21 days, you'll go to court, you'll, you'll hash it all out. You know, and at that point, I figured, well, my relationship is over. Not the first time that happened. Um, you know, I, I can move on, we'll sell the house, or I'll give her the house. You know, it, it wasn't, I, I wasn't trying to fight anything. It was just kind of like a, you know, a kick in the gut, but but I'll move on. But that's when COVID happened. So the, the court shut down for all essential, you know, court hearings. And, and basically that was that was stagnant for like a year. So I had somebody living in the house. I still had to pay all the bills. I had to pay the utilities. All oh that my shit. goodness. You know, legal bills, like crazy shit. Um, but that, that got handled, that got sell, settled. Um, and like I said, in, in retrospect, um, if anything, I, I, I owe that woman a, an apology and, and hopefully at some point her and her family can forgive me because like I said, I, I deserve everything, everything that, that, that I got. But I, I picked myself up. I got an even better job. Um, I, I was in another relationship. I moved to the Cape. I was selling granite and marble um, on Martha's Vineyard and, and, you know, making great money selling to, to all these rich people. Hmm. Never in a million years that I, that I was I worried about a, a guy screwing me over. I had always been screwed over, quote unquote. You know, my heart had been broken multiple times by women. But but I was I was comfortable with, hey, I have a camaraderie with with a set of guys. And, and long story short, um, I got fucked over 900 bucks and I called the guy out on it and it wasn't resolved how I, how I thought it should have been resolved. And I threatened to kill the guy and, and I was already on, on, you know, kind of loose grounds, but I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm fuck you. I'm going to kill you. And, and I meant it. And he looked at me, another grown man was like, all right, well, I'll kill you. And and, and he meant it. So it mm. got serious really, really fast. And it, it was at that moment, I was like, what? that's not me. Like I, I knew that something was inside of me and I had all this rage. Well, he lived like two streets down from me when, <laughs> and this happened on a Sunday when we had this meeting in this blowout. And, uh, that was Sunday evening, Monday morning, I woke up and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm driving to California to hug a redwood tree. At that point I had a shit ton of money. So I wasn't worried about money. So I was like, fuck it. I'm leaving. Um, I, I drove 26 hours that first day. I crossed the Mississippi and ended up in Kansas oh, city. Damn. Um, dude, I've made that. I've then, driven across country we, three, sorry, three times. I want to hear the rest of this, but you're like, yeah, we've been poking my brain well, so hard right now. <laughs> Go ahead, please. 26 hours. Well, well, 26 hours turned into basically a year and a half. So I said, fuck it. I, I, at that point I, I spent like 70, 80 grand. I cashed out all the money I had. Um, and I list, I just lived on the road. So from there I went to Moab from then from there to Vegas, I lived on the, the beach in Northern California for three weeks, literally just living on the beach, living sure, on my car. Sure. Um, I went to, uh, in that year I went to 38 new States and it was like 265 new cities. And, and I just said, fuck it. Like awesome. I went on this spiritual journey because awesome. I had no kids. I had no wife. I had no house. I had no job. Go get I had it. A, an Audi S5 sports coupe. And I was like, you know, fuck it. So I, I took a, a bunch of shrooms and DMT and went across the country for a year and a half. And, and, and literally <laughs> so. Bravo. Oh God. That's like, <laughs> well, you so, wait till they make that like Clark Griswold, you know, vacation of like, did you pack Russ? Did you pack the DMT? DM, and, and I have all Butler's of these DMT amazing field trip. <laughs> you know, amazing pictures and amazing experiences. But, but the truth is, is. I cried buckets and buckets of tears. Like literally, I was yeah, I was crying tears into my coffee. I'd be smoking a bowl, and, and the tear would fall in my bowl and put out the fucking bowl. And it was just like I was a I was a broken man. I, I was, and and this coming from some spoiled rich kid from New England that had everything. I was I was college educated. Um, I had great parents, great grandparents. I I was given a significant uh, amount of money from my grandfather when when I was eighteen years old. I had owned 15 houses, uh, you know, I, I, I had owned a real estate investing company. I had all this, there, there was no reason for me to have the inner conflict and turmoil that I had. 
Um, and ultimately, so that that's why I wrote the book because it was like, if, if this, and, and I say this with hum- humility, if this spoiled kid who had everything possible and every advantage, uh, beautiful women, beautiful cars, beautiful houses, vacations, money, everything, if, if I could have so much inner turmoil and in a conflict that I wanted to kill myself and wanted to hurt myself and, and I was just done with humanity and, and people, if I could have that much pain, what about the people that have that much less than I? And and I knew that I was in a position where I probably have it better than 99% of the people. Um, but I was just so conflicted. And so, you know, you ultimately what led me to psychedelics was I, I realized that I needed to quit alcohol. So that was, so New Year's Day was the day. Ultimately, I woke up in my parents' living room in a fetal position, puking and feeling like shit. And I was just like, what am I doing? This is the last time I'm ever going to do this. And that was, that was three years ago coming up. So that was the first major step of just like, you need to clarify your life and, and stop, stop just running from your issues. So that was probably the, the most important thing. But then from there, it was like, all right, so now I have all this, this growth that I need to do and, and this, this mental work. Um, so I started doing shrooms and I started going pretty deep. So three, four, five grams, six, seven gram doses. Oh. Um, you know, I, I'd go three or four grams and then do another three or four grams. And and because I, I really was trying to figure out what what the hell is my problem? And and I was getting really good therapeutic value, but I didn't get that that huge reset that like the stuff that I heard on. And you said you did a lot of research on DMT and you, you know, you're watching all the, the programs or reading the books. Oh, sure. I, I, I didn't get that. Like, oh, my life is is on a better path with the shrooms initially. Now I still use shrooms quite a bit and, and they certainly help, but I needed, I had a lot of plaque to remove. And, and then sure. I want to go get back to that analogy because it kind of goes to what, what that um, Brandon was saying the other day. But I knew I needed to, to do something greater than. So my buddy said, and, and my buddy, but a brother of mine who I absolutely love and ultimately he helped save my life, um, said, you know, I have access to, to this DMT. Look into it. I, I think you have the mental capacity. You, you understand what's going on and clearly you need help. Uh, it's here if you want it. So I took probably three or four months after being offered it to, to really do as much research as I could, knowing that once I take that leap, that it's probably going to be like, you know, some shit's going to hit the fan and I'd be ready for whatever shit hits <laughs> the fan. So I, I've, after doing the research that I felt is always appropriate, um, we set up a day to do it. And I, you know, I, I set the right intention that everything was, was perfect. You know, we had our shoes off, we, we had comfortable space to do it. Um, and that was the day that I, I say in the book, I took like 50 hits, uh, yeah. straight, straight DMT that, that first day. Some people gonna be like, no, no fucking way. Bullshit. And, and uh, it, this was about an hour and a half and it was like seven, eight sessions. And I break it down because it's important, the progression of how it happened. And, and then it's kind of important how since then I've, I've done it. Um, truly hundreds of times. And, and I'm not saying that in, in a braggadocious way. It, it, and it's definitely not for everybody. And we'll certainly hit on that too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, but the first hit I took, it was so natural and it felt so just innately pure. Um, and everything changed, you know, the, the, your, your sight's going, your, your body's kind of having this weird tingly feeling, but it didn't feel foreign. It didn't feel like a poison like shrooms. It didn't feel like a chemical like LSD. It felt just like like the the shroud and the veil of of shit of human senses was getting was being pulled and and I felt very comfortable even though all the, everything was changing, but it was just nice sight sounds comfort sit back in enjoy it but it certainly wasn't like this this life changing epiphany, so the second time pretty much the same thing took six seven hits this time and and I say that I had a, a vape pen so you're able to just kind of hit the you know hit the button if you if you had a bowl it's a little bit tough to to take that many hits because your fingers start kind of melting and twirling. Um, 
but pretty much the the third, fourth, fifth kind of sixth session was all pretty much the same, which was really intense physiologically and, and sensory wise. But I didn't get that like, oh, I can walk away now and, and I'm on a new path. Well, that last time I, I really pleaded, and this was like I said, an hour and a half into it, and 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 I, you know, I I was like, if, if I don't get my answer, I'm 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 gonna go out into the <laughs> to the forest or the desert and and off myself. And I, and I didn't say that lightly. I wasn't having a bad day or a dramatic day. This was something that as an intelligent man who's had every advantage of the world, I, I weighed the options. I, I, and, and everybody has the ability to take their own life. And, and if anybody ever tried to convince me otherwise, I would even push back further and be like, no, that, that is my decision. And and, and I, I spent a lot of time putting, putting weight on that, that decision. So I pleaded with the universe. I need something. Um, and that last session like I said, I, I went really, really deep and everything, all the sights and sounds just stopped. Everything became quiet. There was no vibrational hum. There was no, and something communicated with me that that ultimately changed my entire perspective on everything. And from that day forward, uh, my entire life has been this kind of transformative rebuild of that day. Now, that doesn't mean everything is is beautiful and wonderful. It just shined a light on all my actual problems. And, and in summary, Really what happened was the way my mind works, and just with my academic training, my my business training, my my life, I always had all of these tangential thoughts where I had thousands and thousands of things from the past and the future, and how could this happen? I could be so blessed, but all this shit, and trying to connect all these dots. And this energy basically was just like, you want to connect all the dots? Boom, we'll connect all these thousand dots. And then it shattered them and threw a million dots, and then connected all those, and you know, see how easy that is. And then a trillion dots and then a zillion dots. And it was pretty much just like you, you stupid human. The, the point isn't to connect all the dots from the past and the future and try to make sense of everything. The point is to kind of enjoy the space between the dots. The point is to enjoy the game. It's not to figure it all out and connect everything because as soon as you do, a whole nother range of things are going to, you know, come about. And it, and it forced me to, like we were mentioning the moment of silence before the show, it allowed me to be for the first time in my life, peacefully and mindfully present and happy to be present. Even though I was a crumpled mess on my friend's floor my entire life, no job, no relationship, everything screwed, everything fucked. But for the first time in my life, I was content because I wasn't worried about the stressful past or the, or the unknown future. I could just be like, it doesn't matter. I'm here. Um, and that was, that was oh, a, a year and a half ago, thereabouts, two years ago. And and in that time, yeah, Quit my job, spent all my money, traveled the world, has have done DMT hundreds of times. Um and now I'm just kind of on this this path of uh trying to figure out life <laughs> and sharing my story with hopes that it'll help other people. Because there's a lot of people in dark, dark places. And yeah. Yeah. So many people, especially like we've talked about before. Some people during during COVID shifted and and kind of bloomed and and lost their job and then went into something that they really enjoy. Or some people just went deeper into the darkness if they were already depressed. They yeah. went deeper into alcoholism or pills or whatever it is. And so it was really like a black and white situation. It was like that point in the timeline in the movie where the oh. hero fork in the road or yeah. splitting the reality <clears throat> pathways of what you could kind of like go towards. And a friend of ours had said something. I remember him saying, cause I was like, man, when COVID hit, I was like, the world's so messed up right now. Everything feels off. Like I just feel off innately. Like my gut sense is like, things just are really strange right now. And even my, my wife, be like, Oh, you just have to like, you know, change your mindset. I'm like, no, not. It's like, it's just how things are and what's happening. Mm -hmm. But a friend of ours is like, you know, you got to just position yourself and like get yourself to understand to use all this energy, not as a negative, but a positive somehow. 
and come out and ride that wave and don't get swept up in it. And I, I won't forget that because it's solid advice. Like you can go one of two ways with it, you know? Um, and I think some people, you know, again, might've gotten swept, but got back up on their feet even too. Like, and then others just like, they're out to sea and they're yeah. not coming back. Maybe like right. the tsunami got them. Right. Yeah. Well, and Adam, and- you really uh, to let everybody know that this stuff in your book, how this is not for everybody and the, the safety aspect, like you really drive that home. Yeah. No matter with, whether you're talking about the recipe or how you're using it and the intention behind it. So, you know, I'm, a lot of people talk about psychedelics and don't talk about that, the safety aspect of it, because it's not for everybody. No, nothing is. <clears throat> no. And, and, you know, I probably got one of the best compliments I could from a friend of mine who read the book, who doesn't do psychedelics, has no desire, even said, I'll, I'll never do psychedelics. He goes, I read this knowing that you don't have to attain the, the contentment and happiness that you have by psychedelics, just the opposite. You, you could, there's so many other ways to get to that place, mm-hmm. whether it be yep. through meditation, through spirituality, through yep. exercise, through, through church, through, um, through tantric sex. Yeah. You know, th- there's so many ways to, to attain a, a way to be mindfully present. Everything in my life had blown up. I had no foundation left. So I had really nothing to lose and I wasn't afraid of dying. Uh, so in my case, it was just kind of, I, I was a lab rat and I was like, yeah, that doesn't matter. But ultimately, that and that was kind of the point too, right? In the book, is you don't have to one have the complete destruction of your life and, and harm beautiful people like I did, and, and destroy things like I did, and be that that dark energy like I was. Um, one, you don't have to do that and, and ruin everything, and you certainly don't have to, to to do a blast of psychedelics to get to that inner peace and contentment, and and that. That's a huge point. So one, it, it's not needed to, to take this route. And if anything, if, if you can figure out a way to do it, otherwise, it's probably the, the better way. Or even to to um, induce endogenous DMT through, through breathing meditations, things like that. Um, but if you've... If it's calling to you, and it seems like DMT calls to most people, like somehow, some way it just reaches out and it like gets puts in people's lap. Um, it's kind of the same thing with shrooms. If if it is, if you've done your research and you feel as though it can help and, and you're, you, you know, you've med- medically cleared, whatever that means, you know, there, there are some uh, medications that interact, uh, you know, if you're taking the ayahuasca brew that, that you need to be mindful of. So just don't be foolish. It, it's not for everybody. And, and, you know, to the point you were saying, it will. It could blow up your mind just as easily as it could ease it and and you know increase neuroplasticity. You know, I, I say something in the book about how that's like rocket fuel, and it can send that that ship to the moon. Moon, excuse me, but it could also blow it up. Absolutely, um, great analogy. And, and you need to be mindful of that for sure. Yeah, I love your analogy. But that being said, mm-hmm. you know, right intention, right right setting, um, the right people around you. It, it it it's a powerful molecule, which is why. Uh, people like Zeus are working on it. People like Rick Strassman did that, that, you know, huge uh, study in the nineties. That's why it's getting all the attention now is, is because it, it has the power to help just like ketamine and, and shrooms and, you know, all these other psychedelics because it, it works, but it can't be abused. It, it's not, it's not something to take lightly. Um, and that's not to say you can't use it for a concert or for a rave or for, you know, I have a chapter in my book about transcendental sex. Uh, my girlfriend and I use it all the time in the bedroom as part of a relationship building um, process. It, it can be used for things other than, oh, I've got to rebuild my life or this this every time doesn't have to be this profound, deep spiritual journey. It, it can be used for, for levity and it can be used for expansion of mind. But 
that kind of comes after a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those that you kind of got to work, in my opinion, work your way into it. But if you do it with the right respect and reverence and, and understanding of its power, it, it can, man, it's, it's such an amplifier. Oh yeah. And everything in my life now is so much, has so much more beauty and so much more power and so much more love. And it sounds corny coming out of my mouth because if, if you knew me before, uh, these aren't the words that I'd be, be saying. <laughs> sure. Sure. Completely get it. You talk about dosage in here too. I think that's really, really interesting of, and you talk about these brews. And so there's recipes in here, guys. There's, you know, and there's a lot of disclaimers that Adam goes through. It's like, you know, you really got to have a lot of reverence and care uh, when you're, you know, uh, cr- basically extracting or making these brews. But you're very thorough on on dosage and, you know, taking into consideration people's tolerance. It's like if you don't drink and you drink a 12-pack, you're going to get hammered and throw up. So his analogies are fantastic in the book. You you guys got to read this if you're interested in it. And it is a field guide, 100%. dig it. And it's meant to be short, easy to read. Um, And I would say the the purpose of this book or hopefully what this book would lead is to ask many, many more questions that lead you to the Rick Strassmans, that lead you to the, to the Zeus Zapatos, that lead you to the uh, Andrew Gallimores. You know, there's, there's a lot of these people that are doing this awesome research. Mine is kind of just to say, Hey, this is one man's experience of, of how it literally saved my life. And I, I scanned all of these, these research papers. um, And you don't have to go necessarily as deep as I did, but this book hopefully will get you to ask the right question of the right person. And, And every question that I, asked ultimately you know the answer that i got was was it made me want to seek it out more and more and more um but yet you know to your point it's it's not it's not for everybody it's not something that you you should be doing while you're driving or you know sharing with other people just randomly but uh it is natural. It, the recipes, and, and I want to say this too, you know, these recipes aren't like something that that I concocted in my lab or anything like that. They're, they're recipes from the internet. They're, they're out there. They're on multiple different sources. And really, I just found one, did it, and it worked out perfectly. And it was just like, all right, don't, don't break it if it's not, if it's not, you know, excuse me, don't fix it if it's not broke. And then with the, the brew, um, it's it's like making tea and it really is just that easy so dmt comes in in my understanding is thousands of plants but there's several plants where it's high enough concentration and you can buy these plants legally online um and with the the brew you literally just brew that the dmt complaining containing plant excuse me and you have to have another plant or chemical that allows for it to not be metabolized as quickly in your body and basically you're, you're making ayahuasca now Traditional ayahuasca is two specific plant ingredients, and you can buy both of those. Um, but you can add different MAOI um, materials, so it inhibits an amino uh, oxidized inhibitor, or you know something basically where it blocks the lock and key mechanism, mm-hmm. um, like serine root. Serine root, yeah. So that that's one of them. Uh, Turmeric, black pepper, um, kava kava. You know, in, in high enough concentrations, they all they all provide that. Is that why I love black pepper? I love black pepper. Well, it does give you the, like, even when you Everything. take MAOIs, like Syrian Rue, I've just drank it just to see by itself. Sure. And it's very, like, mood elevating, like, antidepressive. Well, qualities. it helps keep your serotonin and dopamine from being <clears throat> reabsorbed again, correct? 
Yeah. Like so, it helps to sustain well, the effect of the, the ayahuasca or it the DMT it, in it, right? Prevents it from being broken down. In That's your what stomach. I'm saying. From yeah. from well, from being reabsorbed. Yeah, re re up. Uptake, so it's a, mm-hmm. an inhibitor of that. It's like an SSRI, basically. Well, you shouldn't. Yes, that's why exactly why you shouldn't. You, if you're on an SSRI and you go take it, you yeah, go to a you, DMT. You'll go crazy. Or, I'm sorry, like an ayahuasca center. Take a They'll make much. sure that you're off of SSRIs okay. before you so. go down there. Okay, they won't even allow you to step foot in that place. Okay, because that makes sense. It, because that's very what dangerous. the rue and these other things are doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I mentioned that in the book about that very specific thing. Um, and, and I'd like to think if somebody's going to do an ayahuasca session that they would look into at least that. Um, you would you know, hope. To, to know what, what the risks are. Yeah. But that's where that's where the, the, the dosing comes in. Um, you know, and you mentioned kind of using it like alcohol. So if somebody makes homemade moonshine and you don't know what it is, but it's strong and you have a 120-pound person or a 220-pound person – Obviously, that the amount's going to affect him differently. If somebody had a, a huge meal an hour before, somebody hasn't eaten in a day and a half, or you know, so there's a there's a lot to it. Where I've had full blown ayahuasca sessions where you know you're you're shitting and puking yourself and you're gone for eight nine hours, but then I've also had a half a cup with a smoothie or half a cup with my coffee. Um, at one point, I mean, my dad went on a cross country trip and you know. I was drinking ayahuasca in the passenger seat, but it wasn't, you know, it was half, half coffee and half ayahuasca. And clearly I wasn't driving, but I was just kind of along for the ride. I, I wasn't, I hope, you know, I wasn't pushing it to the point where I was going to have a full out session, but you, you can kind of taper it. Um, hmm. And then same thing with the, the crystals, you know, you, if you pack a shitload on top of your pipe and just roast it with a lighter, then obviously you, you know, you're, you're, you're going to go places, but if you take a, a, a dad pen, you know, and, and you turn the battery down and you take just a half hit, um, or if you make your own rig and, and, you know, you can cut it with, with vape oil so you can make it so it's not quite as strong. Hmm. There are ways of kind of using it. For, for like Dilute said, it out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Just like you could with like a, you know, a THC pen. Sure. But sure. It's all what the intent and, and what, and what your plan is. Um, and I think every, Every kind of psychedelic story or anybody kind of pushing, not pushing, I shouldn't say that I'm not pushing anybody that, that talks about their experiences, you know, talk about the set and setting and the intention and environment and how important that is. Um, and definitely with, with DMT, um, whether it be smoking it or ayahuasca, you know, it's huge. Now, the good thing about when you smoke it, it lasts six, seven, eight minutes, Mm -hmm. you're back to full lucidity. You can process where you're at. And ultimately, like I said, that first day that I did it, that was the beauty was, I was having all of these these kind of revelations, and then I could integrate them into my, you know, my my kind of thought process, and then get right back into it. I didn't need eight hours of tripping my balls off, and then a day of recovering, and then maybe I'll trip again next week. Like I, I basically packed, you know, three years of psychedelic trips into a, a day or into an hour and a half. <laughs> but yeah. you can imagine right. how much I shook up my brain and, and I loosened up those pathways and, um. That's where the rabbit hole now of going down all the the medical studies backing this work up is is really exciting because it's it's proving what people have thought for you know for a long time, which is it opens up new new pathways. It allows for neurogenesis, neuroplasticity. It allows for for new new things to happen. So. Yeah. Well, and also kind of destigmatizing it. You know, taking the boogeyman away from it. You know, not making it. You know, everybody's going to turn into a glass of orange juice or <laughs> believe that they're a stork and can fly and are going to jump off a. Of, but you know, <laughs> stork. Just, 
You know, yeah, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. The scrambled egg thing. You laugh. Or, you know, but it's indoctrination. Yeah. That was us growing up in the nineties. All and those 80s. commercials. Oh, yeah. That's all you we know, ever saw. Bub and I are a little younger than you, but when we were, we're kids, dare program baby. This is your. We're both dare graduates. Dare graduates. Then we got proud high dare. Gra- I love that shirt. In high school, we started smoking dope. And I going felt to- pretty tough with that shirt on. <laughs> You start doing drugs around me, although nobody's going to. We used to wear Dare T-shirts from the uh, the uh, thrift store. Oh yeah, you school. still find one there. Yeah, great. you could. There was like that was like gold, man. But you know, we grew up in the just so no, just say no era, and we hundred percent. We get eighteen, nineteen, twenty. We're like, we were lied to about everything. About a lot of things. About a lot of at least psychedelics and cannabis. You know, I think they're pretty spot on with the other stuff. But but certain um, eras are, are it, you know, if you had more years of that indoctrination, you're much less inclined to get over it, right? So we had a few years of it where it was pretty heavy, and then it kind of tapered off, and now we're already at this era where we're the early 2000s. You know what was. I mean? But for our parents and their parents, there was never going to be an ex- acceptable period of time, other than. In the, the 70s, the around there, when it was, was one of those eras where things exploded, psychedelic use all over the country, starting in really like 2000, 2001, all the way through. Yeah. I'm just saying where we're at with and research been, and stuff and how it's now getting legitimized. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's not, again, because we've come full circle. It yeah. was being researched, right? Back with Leary and what have you. And then gets put in a box. And, yep. you know, sure. anybody who wants to deal with that, you're going to prison potentially, right? So not many people probably talked about it. Very, you know, hush-hush conversations, even if somebody was doing research on it for fear of getting put in jail or prison, right, or ruining your career. So it just it, – it's like I think I said it was Zeus too. It set us back like decades of time of research of getting forward with mm-hmm. all kinds of therapeutics or treatments or, you know, what you've gone through on your own experience. What if for the last – 20, 30, 40 years, we could have been looking at it, right? And actually researching it. Or at least not the, the best alternative, drowning it out with alcohol and prescription pills. Like oh my God, thank you. That, right. You know, I'm not necessarily saying psychedelics is, is the, the cure-all way. Like I said, no, proper diet, no. healthy healthy living choices, some Good sort of regular sleep, con- yeah. connection with self, yeah, yep. all of those things, absolutely. Yep. But with today's society, that that's tough for most people to come by. But the... I think we've been most people indoctrinated with this. Go to the doctor, listen to what they prescribe, and it's just it's and, and everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. There's so many people close to me that take three, four, five pills every day for stress, anxiety, Benzos. staying up, going to sleep, yeah. plus all the alcohol, plus and they're looking at me being Zero. like, "Oh, you're the druggie," because I do shrooms every couple of weeks and and I take a, a plant based molecule that I extract myself. Like it's just. I, I know it that is. that's not, it's not how, it. It's how it's how it's not how it is, but it's how the perception is. I know what you're saying. I, I can totally understand what you're saying, and it makes but, you feel crazy. And you're like, I've never felt better, healthier, more aligned. That's lucid. But through. it's when you kind of see that again. What you're saying is people see the commercial, and I just heard another podcaster talking about this, where they're like, you know, you see a commercial for like a antidepressant, you're like, you're depressed, but you see people at a barbecue having fun, you're like, well, I want to go to that too. I want to have fun. And you see that commercial and you're like, well, if I get that pill, (laughs) then I can be happy like that. And then if I get this pill and it's like some people, and I'm not denigrating all pharmaceuticals by any means. They've done a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot, and you said it earlier, and I don't even know if we've mentioned it here, but just what you can do for yourself. What do you have internally? How do you get to that where you can tap into your own 
HR person and go, hey, brain, <laughs> Justin needs to start doing this. He needs to start waking up every day at 8 a.m. Or, you know, he needs to start going to bed every night by this time or, you know, walking this much during the day because, you know, his job's a little more sedentary now. So get up and you, how do you go in and get to that? And some people, I don't know if they just don't have that area where they can go and kind of reprogram their mind and reset that. And that's where they need that pharmaceutical when I get it. Mm-hmm. I just go and kind of re program my mind it's that carrot that that everybody's chasing as opposed to looking within and and you know big picture i think that that's what a large well that's the problem with most people's lives is they're looking for some sort of external problem to their internal solution and as soon as you realize that that power all comes from from within uh and you have the ability then you stop directing your energy into the right way. It's not dispersed into all this shit or material things or the next house or the next vacation or the next it's, or the next thing to numb your actual feelings. You know, I want my high highs, just like I want my low lows. I I don't want this mediocre, just kind of every day be the same because you need to learn from it. And, and, you know, that whole kind of philosophical existential question of of why we suffer and is suffering part of it. And it is because we need to, we need to experience things to kind of shake that that shit off, um, and this is where, I, if if I could, I'd love to to talk about that analogy about the plaque, and because it ties in when I was talking to Brandon about, um, he kind of had the same thing about that monster on his back. Where I use the analogy of we just get bogged down with so much plaque through your own bullshit, society's bullshit, the stresses of of just living, bills, uh, all of the shit, where. You're just you're not allowed to shine your own light. So you're not allowed to express yourself creativity, cre- creatively. Excuse me. You're not allowed to express love, um, but you're also not able to receive it. And as soon as you can blast off that plaque, you, you can just not only shine your inner light, but then you can receive the light from from that universal source. And whatever you need to shake that plaque off. Now, whether it be a mechanical shaking or or a chemical kind of cleansing, and it could just be as simple as a hug from a stranger. And 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 ultimately, I ended my book with "Love Thy Neighbor" for that very thing, because ultimately, that that's probably one of the most powerful things to cleanse plaque from people is truly just love. But if you can just remove that plaque and see yourself for who you really are, which is a, a beautiful being that's full of light and full of love, once that plaque is removed, um, then you can start doing your, your your true work. And that, like I said, that not to keep mentioning Brendan, but he's somebody that we've really been connecting on. And his just analogy of he 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 recognized that mantra on his back. He said, you're not going to be here much longer. Uh, I'm working on some shit to get rid of you. So it's not like, you know, dissolve your ego and, and get rid of all the bad and everything's going to be beautiful. It, not at all. Uh, have your ego and your shadow sit at that table. Say, you're welcome. I'll, I'll listen to your voice. You can say your piece, but you're not going to run the show. You're not going to mm-hmm. ruin my life. You're not going to drain my energy. You'll, you know, I'll let you say your piece, but then, excuse my language, but then shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and get off my back and stop driving me into the wall. Yeah. And as soon as you realize you have that power, it's so liberating because you're you're in control. And then, you know, we, we had that conversation, but then, you know, we, you kind of take that that attitude into DMT space and you kind of have that same bullshit filter that you can apply into in this kind of three-dimensional world into that DMT space and you're able to just really decipher a lot of cool information and get a lot of stuff so but you got to get rid of that energy suck and everybody has their own energy suck and but it but it's an internal it's not well my boss sucks or if as soon as I get a girlfriend or as soon as I get a better house you'll always be hunting for something else it's you know, it's looking in the mirror and being comfortable with who you're looking back at. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. 100%, 100%. It, took, it took me 41 years to finally get to that point. But, yeah. Um, man, 
Well, some people have a tough time letting go. Do you have any advice? Because it seems like you were really comfortable in that space, but some people aren't. Some people do DMT and they're like, Jesus, it's I don't jarringly. Think, I don't think it was an overnight thing. I think he <clears> took <throat> a long road and quite a journey across country right. and almost 40 some states. And but I guess what I'm saying is, like you do you have really, any advice for people that when they're in that space? And I know you did a ton of research and we always recommend everybody do the research, but um, getting in that space and being able to let go. You talk about in your book, um, being in a comfortable place, being able to kind of just be able to lay back or whether it's laying down or sitting down. And, you know, once you're kind of confronted with that, you, whether or not you're going to want to go to that next level, because it's scary for people and some people just can't let go. They just want to control like, oh, no, 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 no. So, you know, I don't know for you what that was. Yeah, it's, so you know, part of the research, Terrence McKenna is big in the the DMT scene. So you know, that I, I don't know the exact quote, but you always hear him saying like, you know, you got to take that third hit, or you know, as soon as you you think you've had enough, you just take one more. And and you know, I just kind of had him in the back of my head, just being like, take one more, take one more. So I, you know, I knew that I kind of wanted to to push it to that level, but I, I would recommend, um kind of getting into it slow, you know, just like if you, if you don't drink alcohol, you don't just slam a pint of whiskey, you know, have, have a shot or half a shot and, and kind of take it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've, I thought the natural feeling of DMT was, was different from anything I've ever felt. And, and because it is naturally produced in, in your brain and anybody, you know, if you're doing research, that's gonna, that's kind of that, that first differentiating factor of other psychedelics is that it is naturally produced in your own body. And it's kind of been, you know, studies saying, is it pineal gland? Is it lungs? Is it just cerebral spinal fluid? You know, wherever it's actually produced or however it flushes, uh, it's there. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, like I said, you're, you're being overtaken by a drug. It almost feels like the veil's being lifted. And now not only your five senses that you have are fully expanded, but you have multiple other further senses. Mm. Um, but maybe just to get back to your question about, you know, so how, how do you guide somebody into that space or, or how do you kind of ease somebody into it? And I get asked quite a bit, is it, does it ever get easy or or is it something that you can kind of just like go in and, you know, so you're some psychonaut that have done it hundreds of times. It's got to be easy. It's, it's fucking terrifying every time <laughs> it, it never gets easy. Um, there's some common things that happen, but you know, I use the analogy of the day. If, if you were a snowboarder or, or a skier and you're on some triple black diamond and you've skied that multiple times, you still know that any wrong move, you're going to die, that every time you do, it's going to be a different, there's going to be new ice. There could be new obstructions and other person's on the trail. So yes, you've done it and you're comfortable that you can make it to the bottom without dying. But as soon as you get off that lift, man, if, if you're nonchalant, I think that this is going to be easy. Or if you're on the phone or drinking a beer, or like you've got to be fully invested in what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, if not, you will get your ass kicked. So every time I've gone into it, I, I've, I pray and meditate 15, 20 minutes, a half hour before, every time before I go into it, a lot of times I'll think I'm going to do it. And I just don't like, it just doesn't seem right or something's off or, um, I don't know. The energy of vibe is, is, I don't know. I don't know if I'm too nervous or too scared, but some, sometimes it's just like, you know, 
put the pen down and I'll do it another time. Can I, can I say too how yeah. interesting that is? Because I just want to make a point about this because <clears throat> I think that <throat> makes a very good point about it. It's not like, hey, go do some DMT and then, you know, you're just going to smoke, 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 smoke and get addicted to it. It's not like heroin. It's mm. not like crack oh, or something. No. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh, no, but no, you got to make a really interesting, it's an interesting point though, because you're like, I have gotten to it at points People before and been like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want to do it. It's like oh. it's like watching a really scary movie, and you're like, I'm home alone. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My power won't turn on, but somehow the TV will turn on and let me watch this scary movie. Do I want to do it? And you're like, No, I don't. Like, you know, I, I I'll do it another day it's, when it's I'm gonna, braver for it. You know, when I'm ready to do it. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it, it's energetically it very uh, dynamic. I don't want to say draining because a lot of times it's charging. But well, it's invest. It's not something you just do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But over over the time, um, you know, it, it has changed and morphed, and and this is where I kind of started following shows like you and and people that are getting into like the UFO abductions and and kind of what you're seeing and kind of the the feeling and vibe that you get in this space because it, it it did change. So probably like the first I don't know twenty thirty forty times it was always kind of like me going in and experiencing this this beautiful new dimension. So different you know, and you can use all the the hyper colorful words and kaleidoscopic sure. colors and shit like that. Sure. There's no way you're going to describe what it looks like, but sure. you can imagine you're going in and experiencing this, this space and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but it was like, I was as Adam, the entity experiencing it. Then it felt like when I was going into it, because I had been there so many times that I was being explored, like the entities there were very happy that I was coming in. So it was like, oh, he's back. He's back. Adam's back. And it was like, I was kind of like an animal at a zoo and they were looking at me like, like, oh, here, here he is. It's common. Then it started getting into, well, they they started exploring me and examining me. And, and not sexually intrusive, um, not painful, but just very, like, wanted to do a, a summary check, like a diagnostic of what was going on. And it felt, like I said, everything, when I went there, I was the one that was being explored. Like, uh, you know, like I use the analogy as a, I was a trained entomologist, right? So like every time I walk through the, the forest, I'm hearing things, I'm looking for different things. I'm always looking for the, for the sign of an insect. Right. So it'd be like walking through a field and seeing a firefly flash. And it's like, oh, you know, you're going towards that. And I felt as though when I was blasting into this DMT space, like I was putting off this, this energy or this wavelength and they were like a, leeching to it, but not in a bad way, but just as soon as I'd pop into that space, it was like, oh shit. Yeah. Here's this, this crazy human that keeps coming back. Like, let's, let's go, you know, let's go well, but then it changed. Right. But so it's still kind of like, oh shit, because you're not giving permission. Right. It's like, you still feel like, but then it was, and this is where it kind of got really, really fucked because it was like, well, who's, who's examining me and why are they doing it? And why, why are they trying to get so much information? Well, then it was like, it felt as though it was my future self, myself from a different dimension. My de- I don't. It's hard to explain, but it was like me checking in on myself. So it was me doing a diagnostic from some other level. So it, then, it, then it turned everything into well. There's no reason to be scared. These aren't bad aliens. These aren't things that are aggressive. It's literally me just checking in on myself, kind of being like, "All right, cool, but we're on the right path. You're doing good." Like happy somehow, some way that I'm connecting with you. And once again, how, yeah, with you, but how do you say that without sounding well, completely crazy? Honestly, people are like, wow, this guy's fucking nuts. But no, that's, 
Not at all. That's the truth of how it came to this, this Can't summary. Can't say one way or the other, yeah. Well, I, remember we're talking to Zeus? Now, when we were kind of going back and forth with Zeus, and I was like, you know, I've always been under the impression and and that you're blasting into this other dimension like he had talked about when sure, he first started sure. doing it. And Br- Zeus was like, honestly, bro, I believe that it's you creating all of this stuff. It could be. That your mind is so powerful <clears throat> We barely scratched the surface of what your mind can do, and you know we we were kind of we had but different. He perspectives. might not have all the ability no, to either. understand it either, no. too, because I could see it but, being like, hey, maybe you just went to another dimension, and you could interact the with these beings of a higher dimension. Then it I don't was know him. When it boiled down to that, it's actually him checking on himself. Kind of plays into you know some of the work that you know Zeus has come across too. I don't know. I, th- I don't think it's a gray area. I think it's not a black and white. Area, I think there's so a maybe lot. it's the higher consciousness of yourself. Yeah, that's I'm, well. Okay. So <laughs> Jesus, yeah. So, wow. th- so this this is the the rabbit holes we get. <laughs> but, so no, I think that the I'm main down. avenue, the main question is: is consciousness created in your brain, and and you as as a human being, right. are you creating this consciousness, or is your brain a receiver, receiver. or attenuated that that's getting information? I would think we're um, more the antenna. Yeah, that's what I feel. That's I Graham think so Hancock's too. Line. But, but I, I I don't. It, but I think to, to maybe Zeus's point, and, and there's other kind of researchers that do say your mind is so beautifully complex and there's mm. so much going on in it. And basically everything is your perception and everything is a hallucination and, and everything is your senses kind of being manipulated with your own perspective. And, Pretty much. But, you know, the, the kind of take on that, too, though, is either one is mind blowing as fucking either one is incredible because mm-hmm. if if our own minds are creating this alternative reality with all this crazy hyperdimensional shit that has all of this stuff going on right what's the evolutionary like how did that get there why is that in our brain was that from 100,000 years ago a million years ago evolution is it just we're all having this weird so that in itself is is just as is mysterious if it is our brain is, is picking up this information. And, and that's where I lead is that we're, we're only receiving a very, very tiny bit of, of, of what's out there, whether it be radio waves, vis, visible waves, you know, all of that stuff where we would go nuts if we were taking in everything. Mm-hmm. So our five senses, their purpose is not to see five different or sense five different perspectives. It's to, to remove the other 5 million perspectives. So that way you can kind of function. I think what, what DMT and other psychedelics do are, like I said, it takes your five senses that are normally, you know, at a volume volume of 10, turn those up to 100 so now everything's amplified. But then you have six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 20 other senses that that's where I'm having a hard time putting a name to because you're not seeing things or hearing things or um, you're just having this vibrational energy input download that is being picked up somehow, some way, and it is being absorbed into your being. By what sense? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like if you smell something like, oh, you smell it and that, that's how it comes in your body. I don't know how this information is is coming in or what it's seeing, but it is it is out there and, and, is, and is beyond what our five senses pick up. But the fact that that there's a common story between people that have done DMT and, and other psychedelics and even that near-death experiences, mm-hmm. people that have epileptic um, seizures, mm-hmm. people with migraine headaches. Um, yeah. People with autism, uh, you know, there, there is, there's the power of the human brain is, is so amazing. And, and that, that's what leads me to believe like, and, and so whether it's in our own brain, which is nuts, whether, or if we're picking it up from outside, which is nuts, like 
how, how do you deal with either one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you believe that there is other entities, aliens, ghosts, other things, you know, that, that, um, you know, adds a, a perspective to everything you do in life. Like, like how do I go into these experiences and then come back and just be like, Oh, I'm going to worry about the price of lunch meat and taxes and like <laughs> iron in my pants. It's like, what the fuck? I just talked to the devil. I just talked lunch to meat. like spiritual beings. I talk, you know, it's just, right. how do you, I was, how do you worry about what most people worry about when you, you really get to explore yourself like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say earlier, so we're talking about as far as like we all basically are, what does McKenna say? We're all holding, right? Because we all yeah. produce DMT. It's endogenous <laughs> within us. Like we create it. It happens when we dream, et cetera. So when you die, if, if that's what's happening when we dream, like if there's a release of it or what's ever going on, what if it's kind of always releasing and that's what's creating our reality? And then when we take, you know, an exorbitant amount, yeah. you know, from an external and then internal, like we can kind of hijack that and we like crank that dream state up to like just hyper as you're awake, mm-hmm. like what just all encompassing, you know, I'm just, I, I always have to think of different theories and thoughts and hows and whys and, you know, not having the firsthand knowledge of it. It's just like the way that it sounds is like, oh, so it's like a dreamlike state. That, you know, you basically you're turning off and on with who knows when we dream how much DMT our body is releasing or when, mm-hmm. when we pass away, et cetera. And even in that thought, it's got me thinking, too, of like when they talk about, you know, when you're people that have come back from near death experiences, that distortion of time, too. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're saying you can do inhale it, whatever, smoke it. And it's. 15, 20 minutes, but you know, you're going to think you've been gone for maybe two or three weeks or something mm-hmm. like that, or like a lifetime, like you just all these time distortions. Right. So again, is that something like when we dream, when we dream, it's, it, it feels like very long times. It's usually like the last five minutes of your sleep, right? Our dreams, it's usually right before you wake up and it it's like, yeah. very brief, but it could feel like, man, it felt like I was dreaming that for days. I was in that dream forever. And it's like, really? No, it probably was the last 10 minutes of your sleep. So they're very correlatory, right? Like the the two states that we're talking about. Absolutely. And I think this is the exciting time of being where we're at scientifically with the research going on. Um, have you heard of uh, Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. or any of his I work? No. Yeah, I've heard him on a couple, yeah. bunch of podcasts throughout nice. the years. So he wrote a book called Becoming Supernatural. So he's a medically trained doctor, and his, his whole thing is um, mind and brain coherence. So basically, if you can get your your mind and your brain to, to work together, um, it po- produces basically a physiological effect throughout your whole body where you just become comfortable and, and your brainwave starts slowing. And, you know, so there's there's all of this and it's a, you know, it's a thick book, but it, it's all documented with brainwaves and, and all of these ways of documenting what happens to the body when you are in a meditative calm state, when you do do these breathing exercises. And it's not, well, maybe he produces DMT or, or maybe he becomes enlightened or maybe it, it's like, no, it, it it's shown that all of these things happen. And that's the beautiful thing where, you know, what a monk was doing 20,000 years ago at the top of a mountaintop to be like, oh no, this is how I get to this level. It's proven now that you know, I can get to that same state because your heart slows, your brain gets into different wavelengths and, and you really can get into a, a flush of that psychedelic state. And I would say too, that if I hadn't smoked DMT and I had done these breathing exercises, I would, I would say, Oh, I feel good. It, it, you know, even just getting that much oxygen flowing through you. Um, it's a good practice to get into. 
but after having smoked DMT, that first time I did that, that breathing to really try to see, Hey, can I, can I get this going? I was amazed at how I felt it in the back of my throat. I had this, this, this nasal sensation. It, I tasted DMT. Mm. If you had, if you hadn't smoked it before, you wouldn't know what that was. You think maybe you have some like snots draining in the back of your, your throat or something, but it was a very distinct, natural smell and taste. Mm. Um, you know, and I also have a, not my theory, but, um, during in, intense, like, sexual intercourse or, or tantric where you're spending hours and hours kind of going through it. Me and my partner, we, we experience DMT naturally all the time where we kind of laugh sometimes just like, cause you can smell it and taste it. And it's, it's nowhere in the room where it's, it's not even close and, and it's coming through your body. Uh, and it's there. And, and that's, you know, it, it, and to your point, it's, it's kind of like dosing it. It's, you know, maybe like, like insulin, if, if you had diabetes, where like, you know, you naturally have this, but you just need that extra, that extra push where, some people can just push it naturally by by being in a comfortable state. Um, you know, and then your point about dreaming. I I use DMT crystals all the time right before bed to try to get into like a lucid dreaming state. So knowing like I'll have everything set up so that way take a couple of hits, shut off the light, and knowing that all the plan is six, seven, eight minutes of this awesome expansion, you kind of break through and then you just fade into that lucid dream state. And mm. that's that's a cool way of using DMT too. Um, wow. Something I do often, where you kind of like heard that. Once again, set the mood, set the intention. What do you plan on getting? Um, what you know, questions you plan on exploring? Be comfortable, and then your mind kind of it just never shuts down. It just keeps keeps going. Um, it's almost like again, inception with, with training. <laughs> you just drift uh, off into the dream state and like plug into the dream almost, right? Or like make a bridge what's, to get there. And what's what's more real? And and that question comes up all the time. You know what what's reality? Or, or people kind of come out of these DMT states and be like, oh, it's more real than real. And I think the easy answer to that is our normal walking state. When, once again, we have these five senses that we're taking in things. In this other state, we have, like I said, five, ten, fifteen, twenty other senses. So we just have that many more data points, that many more things coming in. So how can it not seem more real? Because it's that much more data inputs, you know, instead of having 10 points, you've got a hundred points. So you can just take out that much more information from that realm or that whatever. Mm. Um, I know that's why when I come out of it, it's not a matter of, is that fake? Is this more, it's no, that, that clearly is there. Now, once again, if it's all in my consciousness or if it's somehow floating around outside of it, I, I don't necessarily need to know the absolute answer to that. And I don't think anybody will ever have the absolute answer to that. I, I think I give it the respect of my brain either way and know that either way, I'm either a badass radio receiver or I'm a really cool radio projector. One of the two, but dude, I love that. Cause honestly it's, that's helped me kind of accept. I go back and forth at least when I was in my, real hardcore research phase, you know, of watching every documentary on the subject. Oh, yeah. Spirit molecule and... Oh, man. Um, You know... God molecule. The great... Some of the great uh, Neurons to Nirvana was a really great one that I watched. Um, The the LSD to Peyote. um, That's a really good one where they talk about uh, Schultes. He's the guy that basically discovered mushrooms from the... um, Up in the Mexican mountains Hmm. and uh, had... 
he was basically the first Westerner to ever do a mushroom ceremony. And so he brought that back, and the Beatniks discovered it, and eventually Leary and all those guys got a hold of it. Yeah. Um, but Schultz's fascinating, fascinating story. That kind of, you know, that brings me to the kind of the shamanic nature of, and I don't know if you've gone down to Peru or anything and done ayahuasca, or, um, but, you know, kind of that... Um, the aspect of people using this stuff for thousands of years and potentially going, turning back the clock and looking back at Egypt and all these cultures that had built these amazing pyramids. It's like, what's going on there? They have DMT? some kind of a culture. <laughs> well, the lotus flower is a symbol of DMT in Egypt. So most of the time, the lotus flower is a representation because the lotus flower is super, super, super rich in DMT. Um, the, Did not know that. Yeah. The acacia bush and, uh, you know, Moses, the burning bush, potentially being a symbol for a DMT-enriched plant that Moses and, and the early, you know, Hebrews were doing some sort of Lotus flowers are also highly geometric in nature, right? Yeah. So it's, it's that, interesting. So it, you, you see know, that it's got a lot of DMT loaded into it. Mm-hmm. So, but, and most religions have that story of going into the cave for three days or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mysteries of this, or you got to take the, the, the Soma drink or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all comes into somehow, some way altering your state going in, you know, basically removing yourself from society for, for a set amount of time, being in a dark place, reflecting and seeing the, the God within. And that's also a common thread. Every kind of religion, whether it be Buddhism, or, you know, Catholicism, Christianity, it, it's all kind of like the heavens within you, the power to find your true self. Like it, it's, it's never, well, it's, I shouldn't say it's never, um, it, it all ties into that. Just the look within it really is. It's, it's not follow some false God or, or it's, you know, my path isn't going to be the same as somebody else's path. It's just, you'll have to take the time to actually put all that other shit aside to, to have, and to, I don't want to say to have the balls to actually look at the mirror, but but that's scary. And people ask me too a lot, you know, do you ever have bad trips or how many bad trips have you had? I can honestly say the hundreds of times and even with shrooms, I've never had a, a bad trip. I've never had like bad energies come after me. I've never had some like some attachment feeling. I've The scariest things is that, that self-reflection, that scariest thing is to be like, wow, I made all of those mistakes. I hurt all those people. I mm-hmm. said all those nasty things. If I was on camera, I looked that like the you know those are never easy to take but um you know i don't think those i don't think that's a, a bad trip that that's what you need to get up that's what you need to kind of purge that ultimately that's the plaque all of that negative shit is that plaque you need to get off and those are the the monsters that are sucking your energy um and it's tough people don't want to do it because <laughs> it's it, it, you know you could ch- change your entire perspective on life sure but some people need that, you know, it, you're miserable like I was, but because I had money and because I had houses and cars, it was, you know, everybody thought it was good and it wasn't good. I mean, it, it's got the potential to be a total civilization rebooter, cultural mm-hmm. rebooter. If you're, if you have education about all these things you've been talking about, right, intention, doing it properly, not just tripping your balls off for, you know, 15 hours on acid and wigging out at a festival, which, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong that with too. that. Go for it. There 100% is, yeah. and, and there absolutely is. But, um, you know, if there's if, it's, if all these things become legal, I mean, look at the potential of healing and the potential of just, like, getting our military guys 
you know, healed from PTSD and just those one group of people that could forever be changed and then multiply that out to the world. I think this is why they're making them because we're going to get to the point where AI and everything takes over and we're going to be like, what do we do now? And they're like, here you go. Pharmaceuticals <laughs> has got it figured out. We can get people to take these things in doses that are, uh, you know, appropriate for, again, height, weight, et cetera, um, tolerance. And mm-hmm. uh, next thing you know, it's like, are we going into a, you know, a digital age of enlightenment where, you know, technology is going to really give us that Shangri-La where we can just sit back and be like, oh, I want a pizza. And then a pizza is just there. Just happens. <laughs> just a robot just makes it. But what are you doing? You're just out there blasting off into space and consciousness, you know? Yeah. Who knows? You don't have to go to that everyday job. Maybe we're all eventually going to need to find out who we all are. Like Maybe you that's say in the your new book, job, yeah. Like you, Adam says, book, who the fuck am I? That's the Great first chapter. Question. <laughs> Something that most people never ask themselves. I love that. Well, yeah, yeah you have to. And, and this is going to kind of sound hippy-dippy, like woo-woo shit about, no, it's all about love and connection. But it's true. And and that's not to say that, you know, there isn't some aspect of capitalistic society that works. And, and yes, you need to pay your bills. And, and sure. yes, there has to be a hierarchy. Of, I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that there's this utopia out there. Right. Everybody can just You're not going out and starting a cult I'm somewhere. Not, right. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but the resources on this planet are not limited. And if we stop hoarding them and stop having this kind of mentality of, of yep. lack. Um, and I end the, the book with love thy neighbor. And and like I said, I can't believe of, of everything in my life to be writing a book like this and then ending it about loving thy neighbor. I literally would go and, and hug strangers. I, I would smoke a joint <laughs> with people that smelled like piss because they hadn't had whatever. And I would say, I love you, brother. And they would be like, no one's even talked to me in years, let alone said they they loved me. Oh, wow. and, and it's amazing that it is just that corny to have that love and connection because now it, it allows beautiful women into my life. It allows smelling flowers and new insects and, and all of those things, but it allows this connection with other people. Um, and I said that pre-show about probably one of the best things is all of the people I've been able to, con- uh, to connect with. And I can't tell you how many like big, burly, bearded, middle-aged dudes I've had hug me with tears saying, I love you back and forth. And it's it's not any like you know, sexual shit at all. It's it's truly just a love of one another and, and that respect of you being an individual person. And I say jokingly in my book that if all politicians, you know, did a an ayahuasca session, that not that necessarily that would solve everything, but you wouldn't realize or they would realize that it's not blue team against red team. That that it's not it, it, there's a way to come forward as, as a as a piece of one. Like we all are one aspect of that same universal light. But and however you define God and and I was a trained scientist, you know, so I was at, for a while I was an atheist and then I studied all the world's religions. So then I was super kind of religious and spiritual. And now I'm kind of like this psychonaut that's kind of just like, oh, whatever, it's all consciousness and reality. And ultimately, all three paths of my study have led me to the same realization is that this world is just this amazingly beautiful place. And so are we. And, and it's indescribable. Um, but it's it, the, the power and light is within us. And if, if you can, if you can just see that. That's what it takes. And and that's love. That's connection. That's brotherhood. That's that's embracing as guys, embracing our feminine side and not being this macho, like, you know, tough guy and everything. It's like, no, that, that's okay to to love and to cry and to kiss a baby and to pet a mm-hmm. puppy. It's like cool. It's okay for women to be strong and to to, you know, it's like there has to be this this kind of balance. And we are so off balance. So I think there is this transitional shift, this kind of next, you know. <laughs> human evolution where we become 
a little bit more aware of just how powerful we are. And if we did that, we wouldn't be hoarding money and shit in houses and five cars and shit like that. We'd be hugging the guy that smells like piss and tell him that you love him because he hasn't had that. Yeah. And I, and ultimately I was that guy. I was a guy that made millions, had everything, but then hadn't showered in weeks because I was living in the car. And it was like, people would look at me and, you know, three months ago, I was doing a $200,000 sale, making 20 grand in a week. Um, but now I'm, you know, I haven't shaved and I smell like piss and I, I probably have bad breath. Uh, and, you know, I had more love from those people that, that looked at me like that. And that, that changed my whole perspective was just, man, you, you don't know because it's not, and I'm not saying there aren't bad people out there. And I'm not saying that there aren't people that are scumbags. I'm not, sure. you know, I'm not like everybody, everybody there, there are, but a lot of people are just weighted down by that plaque and they have no one to tell them it's okay. They have no one to say, it's okay. I'll, I'll help you through this. Um, let's go get a warm meal and, and we'll figure it out. And it's, uh, that's hugely beneficial. And, and it really is that simple. So like my hug led to 10 hugs led to a hundred hugs. And that, and that's really, that kind of led to why I wrote this book too. It was just like, Oh shit. Like maybe, maybe there, there is a way for me to, to get to the people that, maybe look like me that, that, you know, don't, don't fit the normal, it's like, uh, you know, societal look, um, but still need to be loved and cared for because, uh, like I said, a couple of years ago, I didn't look like this and I didn't have this story and everybody thought I was great and I was a piece of shit. And then I started, you know, changing a little bit and I kind of got the the look of like, Oh, what the hell are you? Um, until I opened up myself. And as soon as I started sharing love, I got it back a million fold. And that's, it's corny to say it, and I can't believe it's coming from me, but that's what the world needs. It really is. I couldn't agree more, man. I was going to say, how has that gone with your previous lifestyle, family, friends, etc.? Is that where there's a struggle or any kind of like what you're trying to do now? Do you still have to try to rectify your old life and they maybe don't understand like, hey, what's what path are you on now? Or why aren't you going to go back to what you did? And, you know, the expectations of who they think you should be and all those kinds of tropes that you know fall on all of us of like oh i thought you'd do this like i just no i i don't want to do that oh, yeah, you know right. like well you find out who your real inner circle is and you find out the people that you know respected you because of your money or clout or position and then you also you see the people that will you know sit there at two in the morning and, and cry with you because they just want you to feel good yeah. so my yeah i had a lot of people that that didn't get it and and you know i had people being like Oh, it's a dimethyltryptamine. You're doing meth? It's like, no, it's it's not like, you know, people completely not understanding what I was doing. It's like, no, it's a plant-based medicine that's allowing me to, to think. And it's and it took a lot of um kind of explaining. But I think in my life, the the proof is in the pudding. Um I I whistle all day, I smile all day, I'm giving hugs all day, I'm happy. I, I walk into a room and and it's engaging with everybody. Uh I walk into the forest and animals come to me. I mean, it's, 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 it really is, is weird to say it like that, but before yeah. it was, everything else was just the opposite. I would walk in and just be this, this dark shit energy. So yeah. um, I try to be an example of, of what it is now, like I said, prior to my life still has a lot of rebuilding. Uh, if anything, I'm still at the very, very bottom of my, my transition, Yeah. but I know where to direct my energy. And I know more importantly, where it's not. So it's not into alcohol. It's not into self-destructive thoughts. It's no. not into me belittling myself. It's not into me comparing myself to others. It's not into me worrying about what happened in the past or future. Um, so you remove all of those stresses and, and life, normal life just becomes that much easier. 
to find time to eat becomes easy. To find time to go to the gym becomes easy. To find time to make love becomes easy because you're not spending eight hours of the day worrying about all that other shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, the friends that I have now are incredible. We, we sit and we talk about the most deep philosophical life-changing things. There's no fluff. There's, there's no surface shit. Like we're, we're in it. We're hardcore. We're, we're loving. Yeah. Um, my female situation, I, I went from having multiple women that hated me to now I'm in open poly relationships and I have multiple beautiful women that like spending time with me. Um, it went from being miserable every day to every day. Now I'm happy. Um, so the, the people have changed, but more importantly, um, it's because I've changed it. And now I, I want those right people in, in just meeting you guys saying once again, in that text, oh, I love you, brother talking to, to Brandon. Yeah. I love you, brother. Yeah. I'm talking to Zeus with all the support he's giving me. He's like, Oh, I'm passing my your book around. It's like, these are the people that I want. And you know what? There's plenty of people that may listen to this and be like, that guy's not for me. I don't like his path uh, sure. away from my family. Sure. And I respect that. And that that's, you know, it's cool. Just step yeah. aside and let me continue on my path. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's people definitely give me the the look. Um, like even, you know, like being on like dating websites, people are like, oh, what do you do? Like even you ask, how do I introduce you? What are you? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I am. You want to call me an author or a psychonaut? Or, like <laughs> I, I have no idea what what you what title you want to put on me. Loving um, human. Or or even a loving human. Yeah, and what a, <laughs> and that's beautiful. And ultimately that's kind of like, yeah, that that's where I'm at. I'm just yeah. trying to explore what my my role is. But I'm not afraid of death at all. I'm not afraid. I think time is this really crazy illusion that, you know, so I'm, I'm really just living life every mindfully present, like I said, and, and it's beautiful. And it's almost seems like miracles happen by the hour and beautiful things happen and great people like, like you come into my life and the next book or the next video or the next handshake um, just seems to kind of fall into my lap. Absolutely. The other day I had a, Half English bulldog and half Sharpay puppy. So I don't know if anybody's into dogs, but you can imagine how cute that makes. Oh sense. yeah, oh, my God. So it's like, even just that, it's like, you know, it's, you can imagine being stressed, walking by, worrying about bills, worrying about where, and be like, no, stop and pet the bulldog Sharpay puppy. Like, that's, yeah, <laughs> you know, to just take a moment, and that—that's what life is all about. That's you know, and and um, what a great place to be. It it really is. Yeah, there's no, like a how, how you, resonation how you right now of everything that you're saying of of really our whole week this week of all the stuff you're talking about is is like I'm feeling that buzz that that harmonic frequency within you that's like yeah it, it, and again all these episodes that we're doing with people like you and Zeus and Brandon and you know Daryl uh, Daryl Nichols if if you haven't listened to that episode with Daryl Nichols. Adam, go check that out. I mean, I think you would. I'd love to get those kind of people all. You guys would have a good together. conversation together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm still on my my road, my road, my uh, road life. I'm still basically a, just kind of traveling right now. So hopefully, the next time we do this, it's in studio. So what are you currently Dude, doing? Yeah. What? Yeah. What are you currently doing? Where? What's 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 the <laughs> so day to day? Really? Yeah. So I'm landscaping with a buddy. So you know, talk about who. Who took you in? So it meant from making, you know, a thousand bucks a day or potentially 10, 20 grand a week. So now I'm working for 20 bucks an hour landscaping with my buddy who basically took me in and said, Adam, you not took me in, but he's like, you know, I, you know, trustworthy guy. I know I could use you. So I'm once again, having all the responsibility and all the money coming into literally holding a weed whacker and, and blowing leaves. And I'm 
so happy. Uh, the other day, just to, to kind of show you how you can find beauty. So I don't know if you've ever blown uh, grass when it's frozen and it still has like the frozen dew on it. Mm -hmm. Typically people are still in bed and they're not blowing the grass. Well, when you do that and it blows in the sun, each one of those fragments of, of ice turn into this prism of this beautiful rainbow. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there at, you know, 830 in the morning in this cloud of crystal ice that's turning to all these rainbows and then melting on my face. And I'm still high from the bong I just hit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm only making 20 bucks an hour, yeah. but man, Life. like this is an experience. I'm getting goosebumps, just reliving freaking, you know, blowing the grass. But it's like, if you can get up and experience that and be that content with the ice crystals from blowing, blowing glass, what happens when you're making love? What happens when you're eating a Thanksgiving day meal? What happens when you're around family on, on Christmas? What ha like, you know, if you can get goosebumps from doing that, those other things just really make you feel connected. You know, they feel like you're not covered with plaque and, and you can breathe and you can be. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, um, I do landscaping during the day. And then another kind of ironic thing, the, the first woman kind of issue, my first, my first, my fiance of 15 years ago, hadn't, who I hadn't talked with in 15 years, she reached out to me trying to hook me up with one of her friends, which long story short, I started working for the company that she works for, um, breaking down flowers at like high-end events. So I go to all these mansions at weddings at, you know, midnight and break down their flowers. So once again, I'm going in at midnight with $10,000 worth of beautiful flowers where most people are bitching about working that late and having, and I'm walking into the Newport mansions um, smelling dahlias at one in the morning, just laughing, being like, how the fuck is this my life? Once again, making, <laughs> making, you know, 150 bucks a shift, which is nothing, but I'm, I'm blissfully happy. And yeah. that everything else, you know, one, one false stock move, one market correction with real estate, one, you can lose everything material you have so mm -hmm. quickly. Um, once you have a, a strong foundation of yourself and your sense of what your, your purpose is here, um, you know, not to say I'll, I'll never be swayed or that there's nothing that can push me off that, but it's, it's not going to come from an outside source. And more importantly, my, my sense of worth isn't going to come from, you know, if I talk to you in a year from now, I'm like, oh yeah, my next gig looks, I'm making all this money. It's not, you know, that's not where I'm going to get my value from. If I can say, Hey, I got a, a letter saying, you know, I talked this guy off a cliff that that's the, <laughs> you know, that's the plaque you put on your wall. So, um, Right now. Yeah. And then the book, you know, ultimately, so that's I'm, I'm, the cool thing about this book. So it just came out in March. Um, it's sold in Germany, Spain, Australia, Sweden, um, Ecuador, Brazil, Canada. Like it's, it's selling literally all over the world. Awesome. Which, you know, it's on, it's on Amazon. So anybody can, can buy it, but I get the breakdown every month of, of the sales. And it's, it's crazy that the scope that this, that the book is having. Now it's not selling, you know, thousands of thousands of copies, but it's, it's starting to make money. So, you know, and I'm cool. working on the next book. So the, the plan is throw out some content, make some, some books. Um, I used to live where my monthly expenses were 10 grand a month. Like I, that was my pay, like that I had to pay out, which just, just to break even was 10 grand a month. I live now on 500 a month and, and, and I still have my fancy sports car. I still, you know, I'm still doing what I need to do. So I don't. I don't need, and I don't want what I wanted before. I don't want that rat race. I don't need the status symbols that other people want. If I can honestly hop in my car and take another road trip like that, that to me is success and freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do. 
And maybe coming to Ohio and working for you guys. Who knows? Hey, man, come to Ohio. Come hang out. <laughs> yeah, we we would love do to a, do a show in. Check studio. out the mountains. Yeah, that we too. We'd love to take you to Serpent Mountain. I always tell everybody, come come here. We'll hook it up with Tom and Jeff. Yeah, give you the whole tour of the crater area, and there's and, a lot here. And it's you know, weird. Just you being on a journey, it's like you don't even need psychedelics to be out there. You're getting downloads that and weird, strange things, and you know, you'll run into people out there that'll just blow your mind on a random Tuesday. You know, out of the mound. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know what what uh, you know, especially when you're hanging out with Tom and Terry or Jeff and that any too. of those folks. That too. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, anytime, man. Door is open. Uh, again, I would love to have all of our guests in studio at some point and, you know, make a whole weekend of it. We hang out, yeah. um, you know, take you around. That, that's 100%. And I know landscaping seasonal. I don't know if you're going to be plowing driveways. or when I, I used to do landscaping also. I did landscape for like three, four years. I did it in the similar, summer. I never did in the winter. Similar story. I was selling phones completely depressed, miserable, partying all the time. And, and, you know, I was making a damn good living back in the day, the cell phone sales, you used to be able to make serious bank. Now those Verizon guys, you know, I don't think they make any commission at all anymore. Um, unless it's kind of an authorized retailer, but I could be wrong. Um, so, you know, I was making really, really, really good money for a guy in your twenties and was miserable. Went into landscaping, did that for like three years. Like you said, the simple thing of blowing leaves in an in a early fall day, and it's just beautiful. And I'm out there in New Albany with all the trees and, you know, hanging out with my Mexican friends. And, and those guys make tacos for me every day. Every day. I remember awesome. you used to talk about work every, all the time. I was like, man, your job sounds great. It, it was. But, you know, I just I couldn't, I couldn't make any money. In it. Well. And it, it, I had to. That's right before I started doing video because that's where I was like, hey, I'm happy doing this, but I still there's, couldn't do what so, you wanted, there's though, something doing it. missing. Yeah. yeah. And it was still a slow evolution. You, yeah. No. Until I even got my first camera when I was 27, 28. I think my wife bought me my first HD video camera, yeah. this little camcorder. But, you know, those guys would get mad at me because I w- – I'd bring my own lunch and eat. They're like, tacos, tacos. Hey, come on, Mike, Mike. So they would, so I just stopped bringing a lunch. Those guys made my life so joyful to just be around them. Yeah. And they're so positive. You know, those guys are sending money back to their families and, but they always had a smile on their face. Yeah. Those guys were always happy. And they invited me over to Cinco de Mayo and I hung out with all those guys and their roommates for, they made me up unbelievable authentic mexican meal you know fed me tecate and and negra modelo all night and they just always are happy and so i learned a lot about just what it could take to be actually happy you know those guys are living in small apartments with multiple roommates they never not had a smile on their face and so you know that was a big part of my journey. How, how powerful is that, though? Yeah, you know, we're, we're we're so programmed. Where, like I said, with with the um, prescription pills and the alcohol, it's the same thing with with material wealth, and you need this, and you need the the six bedroom home, and it's just no, you you don't, and because you, so, what are you going to be sixty, seventy years old and worked your ass off for thirty, forty years? You never saw your kids, you never saw your wife, and yeah, you've got all this shit. But to your point. These people are, are laughing every day, every night. They're having a family meal. Every you know, they're hugging and kissing their kids mm-hmm. like that. That's that's the miracles of life. That that's it. Yeah. Um, 
And you know, if, if you're not experiencing that, and that doesn't mean you need to have that in a landscaping job. I mean, there are yeah. people that you could be a CEO of a you know Fortune 500 company and have that same bliss. Yeah. The point is that if you're if you're not, there's no reason to stay in a rat race. Whether it be a shitty relationship, a shitty job, mm-hmm. there's no reason to stay in a body you don't like. There's no reason to like you. You have the power to be happy. And the second you you feel that, and that that like that's the drug that you would get addicted to. It's not DMT or ayahuasca. Uh, ayahuasca, excuse me. Those are those are scary to take. The addiction is that feeling of bliss that. That when you go to bed and you say your prayers of contentment and they just flow naturally, it's like, oh, that that's what gives you goosebumps. And and yeah. truly, truly, you know, inducing goosebumps. Like that's that's the that's the drug that's there. Um, but it's sad. Society doesn't put put a, a premium on that. They put it on the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say to that too, especially because you've definitely gone to the the point of like really like figuring out who am I? Like you said, kind of like <laughs> yeah. I think made mention of, or maybe I'm just thinking of it because I think of it as well, of like, you know, like tearing it down the scaffolding, the inner workings of who you are and how you think about things. Like I've built myself up and torn myself down so many times in life that I'm on version 17 of, you know, <laughs> bub 17.0. It's not 2.0 or 3.0. It's like, okay, well that didn't work out or this didn't work out or I made a wrong choice there, you know, all these versions and variations. And I've never felt better as far as like, I think I've got it kind of figured out. You know, I could be wrong. There could be version 18.0 coming in. But feeling good, feeling in alignment, feeling like from mentally to physically to just everything that I have control over or some kind of influence over, I've gotten a good state, right? And that kind of feeling is something that's eluded me for quite some time, right? So now knowing like, wow, that's what that's like. I think that's what you're saying is like you go, oh, I don't need this, this, or this. I don't have to own or do this or go on that trip. It is literally like I've gotten to the point of like it's just being in conversations like this. Because at the end of the day, this is what we're trying for. Whether we could be in person or virtual, I want this interaction. Um, And that's every day. I'd I'd like to have a good meal, sit down, have good conversation, and that's about as far as I need to go most days. You know what I mean? You're blessed then. Because it's it's love. It's connection. You know, it's it's that – yeah, that that being being part of something greater than yourself is, is a great feeling uh, to be a part of. And like I said, not some culty religious type shit where you gotta no. you know do something to to get initiated into it. Just to know we're all we're all part of this this kind of thing together. Um, yeah, and, and you know, so now I guess is is like the next step. So you're saying like all these cool people, let's have a meeting. Let let's bring everybody together. That's kind of the so where where we're going to be in two three five years? That's that's the fun stuff with this like extended state DMT um, mm-hmm. studies where they're they're doing the intravenous drip. So now they're going in for a half hour, hour more. Um, you know, stuff with with stroke victims, Alzheimer's. Like th- there's a lot of there's a lot of work that's going into to this field, and it's it's going to be exciting to see where it goes because you know we've been talking a lot about the aspects of therapeutic values, but you know the 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 expansionness part of it that they're the, the consciousness expansion pot the mm-hmm. you know lack of fear of death so what's the application for people at, at end of life where you know they're in the hospital and they're pumping them up with all these chemicals Can you imagine you know having a, a session of dmt and now you're you're comfortable moving on to that next stage of your life mm-hmm. um you know the, the value in that the, the there's just there's there's a lot that there's a lot that this molecule i think is going to be part of as we we move on because it's it's kind of 
you can't put it back in the bag now. I agree. And ultimately, like if I can be one small small part of that story, it's, it's, it's an awesome privilege. Yeah. And there's things that we haven't even thought about that are down the road of applications that we haven't even dreamt up. Oh, for sure. That's the exciting thing is end of life, man. I wish I had that. The fun stuff. Like, like Zeus was saying, you know, a lot yeah. of the stuff is about therapeutic, but the stuff yeah. like they're working on, even though it's kind of like tight knit, but it's like, no, this is about how you see shit and expand your mind and, and what, mm-hmm. what can be done. What's the potential. And I think that's, that's the, we are so not even close to, to, you know, our full potential of what's, what we can see and what we can, yeah. um, what we can convey. And, uh, it's exciting. It, it really, like, I'm. I'm excited every time I go into that space because you, you feel honored about how you're going to get, get that information. Uh, you know, and, and I had this conversation the other day about, well, well, how do you get it? Like, is it some, you know, authoritative old man saying, well, Adam, this, 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 and this, and it's not, it, it really is this, because once again, that would be an auditory input or an old guy that you see, it really is like a, a download or an upload where you, you just inherently get access to all of these symbols and codes and, you know, I, I kind of laughed like to myself, of course, it wouldn't talk to you in English. Like all this information that's trying to convey, it's going to be all of these symbols and, and all of this geometric shapes and all of these mathematical kind of things. And it's just, it's crazy to sit there and, and just have all of this flood of information come at you. And it's like, what is, what does it mean? Um, I have, I don't want to say I have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to do my part to try to decipher it, but there's a lot of information that is trying to be, to can be conveyed to humans except whether it be by ourselves by aliens by i don't know mm-hmm. but that there's a lot of input coming and there's more receivers like me taking that that energy and information out and putting it into books putting it into conversations and uh at some point i think there's going to be a critical mass of like no this shit's this shit's real and you know because when i'm my entities are the same thing as ghosts are the same as as aliens are the same it's like it's hmm. something other than this broken down three dimensional thing, um, they're there. <laughs> they're real. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next, and I love that you kind of just automatically here we are. Is experience experiential wise? Are you running into different entities? Are they the same entities? Are you having similar experiences or experiences that build off the previous experience? Um, visually, I know it's really, really hard to describe these experiences, but is there one that sticks out that you can say this time I did DMT and it absolutely just blew my mind or I got this message this way? Yeah. But that first day where I said, you know, that seventh day session where everything kind of changed and, and, and went completely quiet, uh, and all of the sensory, sensory inputs kind of stopped, that was a very unique because then it was just me kind of being pulled in every direction and just getting absorbed with, with that information. That was kind of, that, that was the, the only time that, that, that had happened. But I would say there's, there's kind of two distinct ways you kind of experience it or experience getting information. Um, you know, one is, is really just, you see all of these, these crazy shapes and everything's morphing and moving and spinning. And it, and it kind of is just like you're observing and, and you're watching like you're in an IMAX theater and it's just 3d and there's all this shit and, you, and you're trying to decipher it. Like, you know, you're trying to understand what those shapes mean, but then some of it is actually 
beings or, or entities. Uh, and it's more kind of like groups. So it, it's not like, oh, you see Gary every time or it's the exact kind of <laughs> thing, but it's like kind of cartoony, you know, so a lot of times it, it's very welcoming. It's it's very like he's back, he's back. Um, one time I, I did sh- pretty deep in shrooms and I, um, I, I smoked a good amount of DMT while I was at the peak of the shrooms. So I was like, I really wanted to kind of see what that would be. And I came back and every, they were like, he's back. He's back. He brought shrooms. And, you know, they were all excited that I was coming with my, my fucked up mind, but then my mind was on shrooms. So they were like, you know, so instead of me just coming with a shiny light and I was like this shiny, colorful disco ball. And I felt as though they were really happy that I was coming there to be like, you know, whatever. Um, So sometimes it's really, like I said, cartoony, welcoming, making you feel like you're welcome in the space. Um, and then some of it's more like teachery conveying information. And it it's they they kind of all take that that weird archetypal, whether it be the the motherly thing, kind of trying to convey feminine energies to the masculine warrior type, like mm-hmm. um oh boy. But yeah, it's it's either <laughs> just just straight symbols and you kind of just sitting there like you're looking at hieroglyphics and, and you're trying to understand what they're trying to convey. And then some of it's like you're just kind of going through this fun, like amusement park type shit um so what then, about like music? Said, then, then does that change anything have you experimented with music or tones or singing bowls or have you ever do you just are you quiet when you go in most of the time so, or uh my v- sensory or, or my sense of vibration has been blown up you know a million fold so you feel this hum and vibration through your entire body. Like you resonate. And I was actually just saying that the other day, last, last time I was with um, my girlfriend doing it. I was like, I wonder what, what frequency this is. Cause talking about how that's kind of been a rabbit hole. Like what, what vibration am I actually resonating at? Uh, but yeah, you pick up on so much more and and I've never played instruments and I instrument, excuse me. And I've never been that big, big into music, but now you know, where I listen to a song and hear three or four instruments and then just the hook line. Now I'll listen and I'll hear 15 instruments, how it's synthesized, how it's mended, what all the words are, the meaning behind the words. So it's like, you're able to just take in that, that much more information. Um, but as far as using sounds and vibrations to, to be comfortable and meditate, yes, I, I use it because it, because it works. If it, it really, everything kind of, flows and, and once again if you can get your mind and body in coherence which then your body's vibrating and then you've got the light and the mood and you know yeah there's a lot that that kind of plays into that and that's once again future study so there's um like the monroe institute they're doing stuff with like binaural beats um, oh so yeah different frequencies in each air and, and apparently that makes the, the brain hemispheres open where you know you're actually getting into like this this state that's kind of like psychedelic and you're able to tap into shit it's um, like the gateway something process, called a, right it's it just it allows and now i actually wrote to them and said you know what i'm thinking is when that's happening your brain is is flooding it with dmt so like what you were mentioning earlier so you get into this state now whether it's being taking a hit from a pipe whether it be doing the breathing exercise whether it be meditating like a monk whether it be doing these these difference of frequencies in each ear um my understanding is there's like flashing lights. I think it's called like the Lucia light or something like that, where it's the same thing. It's it's a frequency of flashing on your eyes and it will induce that same state of feeling of enlightened, feeling kind of like the psychedelic bliss. And it's it's all something is happening 
on a vibe, in my opinion, on a vibrational way that is, you're able to, to tap into stuff. What that stuff is, is, you know, once again, it's, it's tough trying to put a word to it. It's information and it's, um, yeah, I guess that's the best way. It's, it's like an input it's an upload. It's a downgrade. It's a, yeah. Now, is it going in your brain, your DNA? You know, th- there's all these kind of theories out there of like how that actually happens. That's where I've got to try to take a step back because I, I was a trained scientist for for a while, and I don't want to act like I know about different dimensions and different shit like that. Like I, I don't, I don't act like I know what the hell's going on. I just know what I experience, and it's right. It's there. It's constantly there. Uh, every time, I'm, I'm, you know, and and now, like I don't want to say weird shit happens all the time, mm-hmm. but I've. I'm picking up on shit all like every time I walk there's always shit falling off walls when I walk into a room there's always towels falling off the counters there's always like it's just the other day something walked in front of my light and I say walked I don't know I, I've got a night light and something walked right by it or something blocked it out and it's just like I don't it's just part of my normal life now mm. I don't know because I welcome it too like it's not something I'm afraid of it's not like oh shit I feel weird it's like cool what are you going to tell me or why are you here or what I feel honored that I'm being told this. I guess that that's kind of like I feel like I'm so grateful that I'm actually being exposed to this information because I feel like I'm being trusted. Hmm. But once again, am I being trusted by my own self? Like that's that's where it kind of came full circle. Am I right. being manipulated by some, you know, <laughs> devilish entity or you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm just still manipulating myself, but I feel very comfortable that it's it's good energy that I'm connecting with. I would say if it makes you do positive things or mm-hmm. feel positive or, you know, kind of radiate positivity, man. Again, I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's going out and growing a garden or, you know, mm-hmm. flowers or whatever it is, whittling something, painting a picture, playing a song for somebody. As long as you're, again, spreading that love and positivity, great, great. I really, I honestly, whatever that, that equation is, point. this plus this equals good on the other side. Good. As long as there's no harm on that side, you're not harming yourself or anyone else. You're just, yeah, I'm good with that whole setup. And and that that's the point of the book, the story, me sharing my my kind of narrative is that everybody has their own beautiful, unique light and and shine it. You know, don't be afraid of singing. Don't be afraid of putting your artwork out. Don't be afraid of asking for that promotion. Don't be afraid of, of asking that person out on a date. Don't be like you, you are beautiful, beautifully unique, just how you should be. And it's not a matter of trying to be like somebody else or to try to fit into another mold. And as soon as you're, you're comfortable just being who you are with all of your faults and your flaws. And, and once again, it's not a matter of being perfect or, or trying to kill that shadow figure. It's, it's fully embracing that. And knowing that that is part of your story and mm-hmm. and using it to your advantage, using it to to have a screen as you go through life. Uh, like I, I love my ego. I love my shadow stuff. And, and it, I think I'm very humble, but I, I want my my sense of self to shine through. Uh, that's what makes me me, you know, and it, it's it's not a matter of just kind of dissolving into this. Oh, everything's great. And it's all about love. And it's just be truthful to yourself. Um, and be, that made me telling people to screw and, and pushing people away from you, you know, but the people that resonate at your, your level will definitely come back to you and then you grow. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> now we talked a little bit about before we went live, you said you've been getting into some of this like vibrational frequency technology. And I, I'm, I'm assuming it's from, you know, spurring from these experiences, but 
you know, whether it's 432 or octaves of that. And, and kind of, you know, my theories have always been the ancient people knew about sound. They knew about frequency. They utilized it in technology for self-exploration. And, you know, potentially maybe even the pyramids were built with some sort of sound frequency generator where it can levitate these big giant blocks. Those are the fun theories about Egypt and this kind of Atlantean technology. But what are some of the rabbit holes with sound and frequency that you've been going down? So I kind of come up, come at this from a couple of, of perspectives that give me, like I look at this and it's just like, there's no way that this, that this story matches what they're saying. So I, for four or five years of my life, I used to carve wood. So like big totem poles and tiki heads and brown bears and, you know, like really lifelike sculptures. So I was a sculpture slash artist for several years. So I, I like looking at something from an artistic view. So how do you like the perfection, the symmetry, everything like that is just, that's one aspect of it. But then I mentioned how I worked for a granite and marble company. So we had the most high-end, you know, multi-million dollar facility that did the most crazy stonework. So you needed high-powered laser jets, the amount of, of computer power to run these things, whether they be diamond-tipped blades, um, knowing that the different strengths of the different granites and marbles and shit like that. So knowing how, what it takes to carve, per, carve excuse me, perfect sculptures, and then what it takes to work and manipulate rock and marble. It just, it doesn't match up with, with not only what the pyramids are, but all of the stuff in, in Iran, Iraq, Turkey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all in the Amazon, the Antarctic, like it's just, these sculptures are absolutely amazing. And not only how do you move them, lift them, carve them perfectly symmetrical times, you know, a thousand of the same ornaments perfectly. It's just, it, mm -hmm. Not only do you need the, the tools, so that's one thing. You need, the, whether it be diamond tip tools or water jet or some sort of laser plasma, you know, something that we don't know. But then you need the software and computer to use those tools. So whether that be a, a brain or a computer system, you know, you can't, you can have a chainsaw, but if you don't have somebody that knows how to use it, it's, it's useless. So it's right. like, those are the two things I have a hard time. So yes, maybe even you could say, well, they, they had some tool that we didn't know. Well, what brain power or computing power were able to you know, make a 300 foot carving with the most intricate of detail, detail, perfectly symmetrical and balanced. I don't know. <laughs> but then, so if it's not the normal story and it is something other than once again, it, just like aliens or DMT entities or goat, like how do, how do you put your everyday life into perspective knowing that there's something, there's something else out there that doesn't quite jive. So what it is, I don't know, but I know, it wasn't some guy with some chisel or some tool or some whatever. And it wasn't just somebody that had, you know, the right tool. It was a combination of both. And mm -hmm. man, yeah. I've been studying that now for the last year and a half. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Copper I still, chisels. I'm not any closer. That's, copper how they chisels. Yeah. That's how they carved everything was copper chisels. Copper? Oh. And isn't you, copper fairly soft? Yeah. Exactly. Well, they would grind it with sand and yes. all this shit. But, and, uh, but also, then how do you move it? Once, yeah. yeah. And you look at the 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 um you know the um why do I always forget this word the pyramids and the the obelisks the you look at um the obelisks that oh, are obelisks. that are at the um oh the many different temples Luxor uh, Luxor yes perfect example there's a huge uh, columns and columns and you look at the hieroglyphs and from a distance you're like okay those are hieroglyphs you look at them closely, and they are literally 
carved out so perfectly at 90-degree angles, they had to be used using machinery. I mean, you, no there's chip, so no repairs, no cracks, and there's swirling drill marks. You can see the drill marks. Then they have these granite pottery. They're not even pottery. They're perfectly carved out of solid granite blocks. Do it's you, not taking clay and making a pot. These are bored and shaped by some sort of lathe computer system, 3D printer. How is there no record of how they constructed it? I mean, this shit is bonkers. Well, like and, from and their to, own aspect. Excuse me. To, to, to your point, not within like a quarter of an inch or an eighth of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch. This is like, you know, point zero 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 one of an inch right. on, on not one vessel, but thousands of vessels yes. and not one material, but multiple. And like I said, there's so many awesome people that are doing research on this where ben, what an ben, exciting ben, time. Awesome. I love mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to go to college for 10 years and study or go to a library and read. We're at this point in society where we have access to all of this information. And these, these are people that have spent years and years or, you know, 15, 20 years of their lives doing this research. And then you can absorb what they've learned. And I feel like I've been doing that with, you know, thousands and thousands of teachers and mentors. And there's, there's so much unanswered questions out there and it, I don't know if the answer is going to come from doing DMT or going into that psychedelic space, but it's not going to be from going to an Ivy League university or going mm. to the library and, and listening to what they've been teaching us. Mm. So it's like somehow, some way, you know, you've got to we've got to tie in new knowledge about quantum physics, new knowledge about you know you said about like vibration and stuff like that. So the stuff that that they're learning, it's just we've only scratched the surface and and. I think to know that that we've only scratched the surface is is a huge realization and that just opens up such a wide breadth of, of area of study. And luckily there's a lot of different people with different passions that are studying all of these things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like I said, it's an awesome time to to be here. Mm-hmm. And and not be in a rat race shit job, shit relationship, covered with alcohol, stuffed stuffing face with pills. Like imagine actually if everybody was here looking at these types of things and spending the time on it. Like that's how we get out of global warming. That's how we get mm-hmm. out of destroying our planet. That's how we get out of, you know, all of the destruction we see. Sucking all the fish <laughs> out of the ocean, pl- microplastics in the ocean, and just because, literally well, destroying. Because, again, everybody everybody could have enough. We could all have enough and then some. Mm-hmm. It's just Absolutely. that there are some that have a shit ton. Mother Earth provides, like, man. The Earth provides. Yeah, I know. I'm just but saying. There like, are there, people, like he said earlier. That's where I'm like, the robots, the robots are going to come along and equalize it all. I'm just telling you. And we're all just going to trip balls every day. I guess or? that's what's going to happen. We're, you know, instead of Wally, like we're going to go to like, you know, human daycare. The robots are going to drop the humans off at daycare. Right. And you just get your trip dose when you go in there. Yeah. yeah no. Here's your cup of Go have ayahuasca. fun. Yeah. You know. They'll, they'll pick you up later and bring you home. Like, we'll be the pets of robots. It's going to be great. We're having mushroom tea for lunch today, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> be like Janet Yellen going and visit Japan. Or was it China that you time? You joke. It, it may not be us, but it may be, you know, 100 years, 1,000 years. But like, And I guess th- that's kind of the point is what is the next human step? Like, what is the next evolution in, in our species? Because it, it's not just this. Like, this definitely, I mean, that's just biologically doesn't make sense you don't just stop evolving yeah. or stop changing or you either die off or you know something else happens and it's like so are we going to pivot to 
a species that's more empathetic, more sympathetic, more more connected to to the universe, to the planet, to Earth, to God. And once again, it's not this hippy dippy go hugging tree shit. It's no, really what's best for you and what's right. best for the planet. Yeah. Or is it more divisive? You know, fighting against one another. And I I really do see a, a shift happening. And and it's maybe not so much in our generation, but. Like I've got two nieces that are 20 and 13, 20 and 14. And like you hear the way they talk and they're not talking about being racist. They're not talking about being homophobic. They're not talking about hate. They're not talking about, they're just, it's it's not even in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just that they're looking at the world in a different way. And and I'd like to think that kind of once some of these old gray beards that are stuck in their way are kind of out of here. Oh um, boy. That we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll get just a different way, a, a, a more connective kind of way of looking at the world but yeah we have like, something what, has to change 50 politicians won't, won't over 80 in u.s congress like oh, yeah. 50 politicians over the age of like 82 years old or it's crazy and like you said we really just need to hey man retire let the new <laughs> blood in let's get right. some fresh ideas in here we're stagnant right. as a culture as a society you know, we're not as strong and powerful. And I'm not saying like the Bush years where we're going into Iraq and everybody's behind. We're all patriots. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about leading engineering, leading science, having the best, best mathematics scores in high school students. And kids can't even read now in seventh grade. They're having troubles. Even the basic skills ACT of reading. scores are like dropping it's off cliffs. terrible, like, And dude. I'm not even saying that I was that intelligent. But, man, my ACT score compared. <laughs> to today like yeah wish i could time travel we went to our act test hungover true story <laughs> had, a, had a had a nice uh our buddy's mom was screaming at us yeah <laughs> had a nice uh yaritos afterwards Wake to up! shake it off still did pretty good on the test yeah yeah that's highly unique um boy. Imagine, imagine if we did focus though and put the priority on mm-hmm. on you know those things that make us human in addition to you know, math and science and all that. I'm not saying, like I said, that there's some like utopia that I'm trying to create. I think we can live in the constructs of, of what we've created, but doing it in a way that doesn't doesn't create self-destruction. Because mm-hmm. self-destruction leads to family destruction, leads to society destruction, leads to like it is just yeah. And and I'm I'm a perfect example of how how it can implode, but then also how it can like it can change. And and yeah. that on a macro level could could really could really do something. Um you know, and, and using it to to ex- just to expand your mind. So, what can the engineer do after a couple of DMT sessions? What mm. what could the athlete do after a couple of DMT sessions? What what about the artist? You know, like like Alex Gray. Obviously, his stuff's mind blowing. But what what type of of expansion of your consciousness can happen if if you take the time to be quiet, to be mindful? Maybe use some psychedelics to look within, to feel love, to feel connectedness. Like these are all things where your body is at that state where now you can be a creative force uh, as opposed to destructive. But imagine a whole planet of that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like as opposed to yeah. what the hell is happening now. Right. Just, mm-hmm. But, you know, one step at a time, one podcast interview at a time. And <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> there you go. One conversation at a time, man. And, and, you know, I, like I said, we've been on a roll of incredible conversation, and this one did oh, not yeah. disappoint. This has been absolutely incredible. Um, Keeps me thinking the whole time. Yeah, and and you know, Adam, we want to give you the floor, and just if there's anything else that 
you haven't covered or you want to talk about or, you know, where we can connect with you, uh, where to find the book. The floor is yours. Um, you know, we appreciate the hell out of you and making time for us to come on the show. Absolutely. And we're going to keep this going and, and uh, you know, spreading, spreading the word about your book and you. And um, the floor is yours, man. Thanks. Um, you know, I mentioned I'd love to sell the book and, and it's on Amazon. It's, it's anywhere where you'd want to find a book at Bonds and Noble. Uh, if you're in New England, it's, it's at uh, Newberry Comics, which is a cool store. But honestly, it's not about the book. And, and I say that it's it's the message, especially now with the holiday season, with, with Christmas coming up, New Year's. Um, if I could end it, which really just hug somebody that needs a hug, look for somebody that that may be in a dark spot and it spots, excuse me, and know that that uh, simple words can really help somebody through it through a dark spot. My life was literally saved, yes, with the chemical and yes, with the molecule, and it really helped me. But it was truly with the love and connection of all the people. So, I guess my outgoing message would be. Uh, if you're in a dark spot, there is light, um, you know, please work through it. If, if there's, if you think that there's no one there that, that can help you, there is, um, I'm available, you know, so how can you reach out my, my emails in my book? Um, I'm sure you have all my specs. I'll happily talk with anybody if, if you, you know, if, if it'll help and really just be there for yourself. Um, more importantly, stop beating yourself up. And I say this to, to most people, um, and that's it and spread love. Once again, corny, corny as hell coming from my mouth with who I used to be and what I used to come from. But that is the sum of it. But whether you use DMT or not, or psychedelics or not, if you can love yourself first and foremost, then it just spreads and radiates. And then you can stop, you know, realizing just how beautiful life is. So um, I'm, I, I am on Instagram, you know, I'm on Twitter, stuff like that. If anybody wants to connect, it's, it's pretty straightforward to, to find me. And uh, I'm here. I'd love to keep sharing my story. Dude. Thank you so, so very much. And you guys can get Adam's book. We have all the links in the description. It's Butler's DMT Field Guide. Please, guys, go get this book if you're interested in this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of young people don't, they want to do research. They're not like, you know, us. We're morons. You know, young kids have access to the internet and they do their research. They do my experience with everything when I was younger. You know, if you have somebody that wants to, have a like Adam said a good basis of understanding of what you're getting into couldn't recommend this enough Adam you are the man much love and peace to you appreciate you um, and don't go anywhere we'll be right back we're gonna uh, do a couple shout outs and we're gonna come back and give you a proper goodbye Adam Butler everybody Adam thank you again thank you thank you all right brother great hell yeah dude <laughs> There you go, bud. On a roll. There you go, bud. On a gravy train with biscuit wheels. (laughs) Just rocking and rolling. Oh, man. Beautiful. I just, I love to hear the story, the genesis, the where were you at, where did you go to. Yeah. He's got a great story. And boy, so you find people, you think you're in a dark place and then you hear Adam's story and it's like, bro, he, he literally burnt it all down. People are afraid of that. You do psychedelics, there's a chance that your whole life could change. Now, it's Again, scary to people to have to tear it down, burn it down and start all over. You could, be, you could become Adam Butler. You, you could can become be Father John Misty. And you can be happy. Same, po- same process. Yeah. And he's Adam Butler and Father John, you know, you could become yourself. Yeah. Right. That's the whole process. Like yeah. at some level, 
There was this step where he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm me. The whole Forrest Gump thing. I love using Forrest Gump for some of these references, <laughs> but who am I going to be? I'm going to be me. I'm not, I don't need to be this yeah. real estate agent or this marble slinging guy or what, you know, all these things that we use to define ourselves or arm ourselves by going, yeah, I am this. I am that. Mm-hmm. Man, I've had a lot of different identities and, and yeah, things ascribed to me just because of different lives and careers and whatever. Yep. And so I get that. And I know how people do wear them sometimes. And I've always seen that but never really felt like oh i do i'd ever felt the same way i've never felt like what i did or this or that you know so Mm -hmm. i've just always kind of felt dissociated from it so i love Mm -hmm. when and maybe that's just from the add portion of my life man. Mm -hmm. like that's just how kind of i've always felt alienated Mm -hmm. so i'm always like walking this road of like trying to figure out what the hell is going on how do i fit into this whole world alien i feel like it sometimes (laughs) i really do (laughs) Well, guys, this has been a ride. This has been, you know, enlightening. It just keeps adding to layer and layers and layers of all these episodes we're doing and how they're interweaving and interconnecting. Yeah, for sure. you guys are all a big part of it out there. We thank each and every one of you for watching, listening. Really appreciate you Liking, subscribing, rating the show. Uh, You know, the merch portal, you know, supporting us through buying some T-shirts and hoodies. And and there's our boy Necro rocking that Strange Road hoodie. There's we got Bert and there's our boy TJ and Master Control. Check that out. Uh, we got uh, Chasing Mountain Builders, Vicious Pink, a.k.a. Sess in the City. You guys rule. She's Thank you it. again. Um, the, the merch portal is www.thestrangeroadmerch.com. Uh, you it's guys going been, to a good cause. It is. Right? Which is? Putting gas in the tank for this operation. Making this show happen. Oil in the engine. Yeah. Keeping some <laughs> of the subscriptions alive for certain feeds and yeah. uh parameters with which to distribute and create it because uh you know again as we kind of joke about this show is presented by us <laughs> like yeah you know uh and i forgot to do that yes you did sponsored by this show is sponsored <laughs> by strange road creative if you or anybody you know has an event virtual event hybrid event concert uh and, and you're a musician and, and need help with video production or uh, you know somebody that's running a conference and doesn't know anything about live streaming or AV, hit us up. Hit yep. your boys up the Strange Road. Yep. We uh, are trying to expand into um, you know more and more things that resonate with us. If you know somebody that's running a Bigfoot conference, an alien conference, we have a lot of experience in this world, and we want to chase down the things that resonate with us. And so... Hit us up, guys. Yep. Contact at the Strange Road if you guys have a lead. Anybody you think could benefit from uh, our skill set, hit us up. And again, you see what we can do here. This is what we can do in real life as well. We can make this yeah, happen in real you know, life. We do this in real it's life. Not just for our Wayne's World purposes <laughs> of uh, enjoying what we love to do, which is have great, yeah. crazy conversations. You know. Yeah. You just got to dream it up, and uh, yep. Mike and Kyle and uh, the rest of the crew will make it happen. And once again, thank you. All you guys in Master Control. We got Disbro, Stoner, and TJ. Fellas, you rule making everything look and sound dope as usual. Let's, uh, you know, put this baby to bed. Good to go. Good night, guys. Much love. There we go. To all. There's all those guys in Master Control. Who's Danny Tanner in there? (laughs) Danny TJ's. TJ's (laughs) in charge, dude. TJ's Danny Tanner in that room. Um, Uh, Boss to the boss. All right, guys. Uh, Peace, love, and chicken grease to all. Adios.